0: I'm an uncle. I can't believe, can you believe that?
1: Do you, um, congratulations. First of all, do you feel like additional responsibility suddenly in your life?
0: I have no idea. Maybe. My sister just had a baby about three hours ago or four hours ago. Um, six pounds, five ounces. And his name is Thomas. And he's so cute. It's such a strange feeling being an uncle. I'm so excited.
1: You sent me a beautiful picture of both of them. I cannot believe that your sister looks so gorgeous, and uh, the baby just looks amazing. And I know Thomas came a little bit earlier than expected, but um, it sounds like everything is really good, right?
0: Everything's great. The baby's healthy. Everyone's excited. Saiba and Keith are doing well. Um, Amy and I are actually going to head over there to the hospital right after we finish up here. So I'm so excited to meet my nephew.
1: That's awesome. Are you going to be like awkward baby holder?
0: Maybe. Um, I'll have Amy take a picture and send it to you. And you can you can pretty much, you can decide for yourself if I look awkward or not.
1: Well, if it makes you feel any better. I was with, I was awkward baby holder with my own child.
0: How long did it take you before you figured it out?
1: I don't think I have. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, I really, I really don't. <laughs> I don't know. I just never, like, didn't, I never, I don't
0: know. You, Jack's a really big kid now. I mean, it would be awkward for anyone to hold him, I think, at this point.
1: Now I just drag him. He hangs onto my ankle, and <laughs> I just, like, drag him to his bedroom uh, by my foot. But, Sim, congratulations. Thank you. And are you recording this so yeah. we can tell our listeners? Okay, good.
0: Absolutely. I'm recording Dear all listeners, this.
1: Guess what? It's now Uncle Sim. <laughs> so please address any emails if you feel like sending us. Oh, now it's Uncle Sim.
0: Why did you do that? I'm going to be Uncle Sim from now on. This is.
2: <laughs> oh
0: my God. Thank you, Anna. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So let's just dive right in. So the response has been great. Thank you so much for listening to the compilation we made last week. It's been fun to listen to. Anna, have you ever listened to any of the older podcasts at two times speed?
1: No. It, like listening back, I have to be in a mood. Like really particular mood just like watching my show or watching anything that I, any project i've been a part of because i get so anxious listening to my own voice seeing my face and the weird things that it does and like you know
0: well listening to why well, so many so many episodes to go through so listening to them at two speed is an awesome experience we sound like chipmunks but you can you can hear everything but you can finish an entire episode in about 20 minutes which is great
1: Sam, you shouldn't encourage people to do you're that. You're right, you're though. right.
0: No, that was just for me, for my research. Okay, you're right. Please listen to it at normal one speed. Thank you. Thank you, Anna.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I have a little bit of a cough. It's so annoying.
0: It's okay. Um, so do you want to dive right in? Yeah,
1: okay. dive right in.
0: So the first clip we're about to play is May 17th, Chelsea Handler. So Chelsea was so candid and so captivating. Describe your excitement level when you, when you knew she was going to be a guest.
1: Um, I was really nervous because I, you know, I had done her show a few times, and she was always kind to me, but also really, you know, she's incredibly witty, and she can be pretty biting at times. And um, and so I was really flattered and and excited when she agreed to do our show. But I also felt like, am I going to be equipped for this? Am I just going to be like? i i had no idea but she was uh, like just so surprisingly um i knew that she would uh, like obviously be candid because that's how she always is but Mm -hmm. but also really kind and uh, i hope she would be annoyed with me by describing her as surprisingly kind (laughs) 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 but uh but that that was my impression and uh and she stayed and hung out um, afterwards, and and I and I, I just really, I felt like I I got a different version of her, like the guest host relationship as opposed to her being the host guest relationship.
0: I know exactly what you mean. It would just watching you two talk, it really seemed like you both are really close friends. It was a great conversation, and you both were extremely candid, I, I thought. You know, you, you offer up a lot about yourself. Um, in this clip that we're about to play, she talks intimately about a previous relationship, and it felt kind of like the story—it felt like kind of like a story that she would tell her close friends as opposed to the whole world. Did you ever get that feeling from her?
1: Well, I think, like, on our podcast, that's been sort of one of the amazing things, is that it brings out that level of intimacy like we've talked about. But I also think that she, um, you know, I, I don't know how, how frequently she gets interviewed. I'm sure she does a lot, but but mostly, you know, she spends her living interviewing. So, um, so I wonder if for her it's, you know, it's a different kind of therapeutic relief to be on the other end of the microphone um, in a sense of like, of revealing yourself and I, I was so appreciative of how hysterical she was, but also, you know, but also really honest and kind and um, and, uh, and and herself as well, you know, <laughs> she's like, she's also you know, she can totally be terrifying. She can, <laughs> I mean, I've been at a couple of like her parties where she's like, Oh, so you're that mess. Wow.
0: Yep. (laughs) She said that, but she said that jokingly, right? I hope so. (laughs) All right. Well, let's, let's listen in right now from May 17th. Here's Chelsea Handler.
3: Celebrity you masturbated to
4: or uh, had a sex dream about? Okay. I don't masturbate ever. I wish I did. I, I think don't I have either. no. You know what? My What's doctor told me the other me? day yeah. that I have like very low testosterone levels. And I really? said, and she said, you know, you can fix that. And I said, but what does testosterone affect? Is it? Just your sex drive And she said Well basically Energy and sex drive I said well my energy is fine And I don't really want to deal With a high sex drive right now I'm pretty fucking busy If I was doing what I was doing And then going home And just fucking the shit Out of people Then I'd really be tired So I don't know That I want to She's like it's a cream I'm like cream sounds Like (laughs) premenopausal Like I don't want to put A cream on my body But um, I What was the question? Um, Do you masturbate? Oh no I don't (laughs) No But Who if I had a celebrity Oh I have dreams About tons of people
3: so masturbating, to me, because my parents, even though they... Do you have time to masturbate? Well, I probably could. I mean, it could take, what, three minutes? Three to four? Five? Yeah. like. What? I just. Six?
4: I don't love the idea of masturbating because then you're sitting there by yourself. I know, and then I feel what? lonely
3: and guilty. It's sad. Yes. After. I agree.
4: Yeah, it's like post coital minus another person. I don't find that to be like a great situation. I agree. Sam, can you help us with this? I I, I can only speak for men. It's completely no, different. You need to masturbate. All, yeah, men need to masturbate. It, that's it's totally exactly. different. It's
0: maintenance. Women are not I'm, yeah.
4: I'm interested in, in fucking somebody when I'm into somebody. And I'm interested like when I'm not seeing somebody, the thought of sex doesn't even cross my mind. I don't ever go home and think I'm going to go finger blast myself.
3: But do you ever, then do you ever get like built up hormones and then you have like a sex dream?
4: Yeah. I think I'm sure I've had some, but I mean, not that I can recall. I'm sure if other people are having them, then I, I assume I have to, (laughs) that's what I use as my basic Geiger. I'm like, if I think it, there must be 5,000 other (laughs) girls that think this. Um, But no, I've never masturbated to a celebrity or had, I mean, I'm sure I've had a dream about a celebrity, but I've never masturbated and been like, oh my God, Vince Vaughn's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) I can't take that kind of stuff seriously. It's like, I also could never wear a negligee. Like I could never be like, hey buddy. I
3: know. I agree with you. I have like, I have like some trashy lingerie. Do you wear it? No, only when I'm kind of drunk uh-huh. or whatever but 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 i am playing a character i'm like okay brace myself i'm playing this weird girl who's comfortable wearing this shit right <gasps> and then i'm like ta-da honey.
4: do you guys have a lot of sex
3: you and chris i think we have an okay yeah i think we do i mean we're not we haven't spent a lot of time apart so so when you see each other you do want to have sex. i think so yeah that's yeah. good yeah, it is nice
4: what are, you, nice. what are you nodding at, Sam? Are you there when they're I'm, having sex? I'm, yeah. I'm interested in he the conversation. i I think it's incredible. A very robust sex life. He's it's always it's Who are you having sex with, Sim, is the better question. <laughs> I, I have
0: a lovely, lovely girlfriend. <laughs> oh, what's her yes. name? Yes. Her name is Amy.
4: Oh, that's nice. Yes. She
0: is great. And we just moved She's in together. Wonderful. Oh, good yeah, for you. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. It is exciting. That is exciting. Very it's stressful a, and exciting. It's always
4: those moments, I think, in life that are exciting, like the beginnings of things. Have you ever lived with a guy? Yeah.
0: How many times? How many men?
4: One. One. One man. Okay. Yeah. I lived with him for like three, four years. Oh. And by the end of it, I literally walked out the door and said, I will never see you. I will never walk back in this whatever house Damn. condo. I just... Yeah. I didn't... It I was, love that. Yeah. I just hated him by the time it was over. I hated him. What did you
3: hate? You you don't have to go too much into
4: it. Of course. I'm happy to. He, in the beginning of the relationship, you know the very thing that attracts you ends up like kind of repulsing you by the end. And in the beginning of the relationship, he was the boss at E! He was like the head of the network. And I I had a show on the network. And he was like kind of a mentor. And he like really adored me. And I was really into him. He was older. He was 20 years older. He knew everything. About the business and the fact that he was so kind of... You know, I had never had a man like that in my life. Like, I've always liked older men. I've always been into older men. And as you get... Like, now that I'm 40, I'm like, well, not that much older. Like, you can't have a (laughs) 20-year age gap when you're 40. I'm like, okay, maybe 48 is my limit, not fucking 60. When I was 20, I could date a 40-year-old. When I was 30, I could date a 50-year-old. And then it's a wrap. So, and then... He did this cute little thing where you would like eat potato chips and, and he would dip them in, in pico, like not pico de gallo, but like canned salsa, but potato chips, so yummy. not, no, no, not yummy. No, no. That's, it's not, that's, they don't go together. Yeah. It's like potato I chips think, and ranch I, I, or okay. tortilla chips and salsa. It's mm-hmm. not right. potato mm-hmm. chips and salsa. So he would eat that shitty fucking canned salsa and he would put them on his chips And I remember like the last six months because I really tried we went to therapy and I I just outgrew him That's all that happened I fell in love with a man that was older than me because he loved me and was like fawning over me like a complete narcissist does And then I grew up and realized I don't want somebody fawning over me I want somebody who's gonna fucking tell me the truth And I outgrew him and by the end of that relationship every time he dipped a potato chip (laughs) into that fucking salsa I wanted to rip my vagina out of my like off of my body and throw it onto his face I hated him (laughs) It was scathing. And I finally just got up one morning and we had gone to therapy with some fucking lunatic therapist that a friend of mine, some celebrity friend of mine recommended who was out of her fucking, you know, head. She didn't even have like lights on in the room because she had so much plastic surgery. And I was like, I can't even see her. Like, where is this woman? And she was just like a cat talking from like a sofa. And I remember waking up and I had... Secured an apartment right on Ocean Avenue in Santa Monica in one of those high rises. And I had just rented out the entire top floor because I was just about to go on a comedy tour, stand up tour. I had a book coming out. My show had just started taking off and it was like really becoming popular. And I knew I just needed like the sound of the ocean and I needed to get away from him because he was just fucking suffocating me. And I secured it. It was like sleeping with the enemy. Like I had planned my escape. And then I got up one morning and he pushed my buttons too far and just said something like you're an ungrateful Whatever. He said something really nasty that he was gonna cancel my show and I was gonna be nothing oh without gosh. him And I said i'm walking out the store and I will never walk back in this apartment again or condo We had bought a condo Damn. and he said You'll never keep it and I said I have more cash than you at this point So you can fucking buy it from me, but you will never control me like that ever And since then we've made up because, you know, he was in a bad spot and he Mm -hmm. was losing me and I think he was desperate and said nasty things. But I just thought you will never threaten me or control me at that moment. And I walked out and I never went back. And I felt like, you know, you have those moments where you grow up in life. There's always like a little glimmer. Like that day I was like, I grew up today and he scared the shit out of me. I thought maybe I'd lost everything like maybe he meant it maybe he was gonna cancel my show Maybe I was gonna be nothing and maybe my only success was because of him And then I went on a book tour and I had a number one New York Times best-selling book And I did stand up in 64 cities all while doing my show And I thought yeah, I'm fucking powerful. I'm fucking strong and not to be like an egomaniac But no one will define you. No one can ever take yourself away from you and I had to get back to myself I love it that you had the
3: plan though because I I think that my theory – and I hate to – I talk a lot about this. I hate to – I don't like to gender stereotype but I do think that a a lot of times women are in relationships and it's like, okay, if you don't change this, I got to go. If you don't change this, I got to go. If you don't change this – and then like that continues for like three years. Women say that to men? Yes. And then finally when it's like you didn't do it, I'm out of here there's the shock factor for the man like what yes
5: Mm -hmm. but you didn't even give us a
3: chance right and it's like how
4: did you break up with your first husband can you talk well
3: i can't talk probably too much about it but i um but i i there were so many red flags that i just didn't and i was immature i was an idiot i you know i was a like a small town girl from north of Seattle that was kind of blown away by the industry and um and moved in early on in a relationship when I shouldn't have you know you know when like you move in
4: yeah and you know months. you should
3: not be there you're yeah. like i everything i'm doing is wrong yeah
4: <laughs> like i know
3: i'm being wrong yeah in every way but uh and then you know got married but i but i did feel like <laughs> the relationship at least okay, I'm checking that off the list. Like there was, there is that pressure of like, okay, getting married means that I've accomplished that part and I can focus on my career. And that's how I felt. And, uh, yeah, anyway, it was, it was, uh, we were just too young and, and then I, uh, I, you know, he was not happy. I, I that you broke happy. up with him. Oh no, I think he was not happy with me in general. Oh, you know, I know I seem super charming and fun, (laughs) but wait till you have me in bed,
6: Chelsea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Anna, Paul Shear is quickly establishing himself as a close friend of the podcast, and he's already contributed so much. In fact, he, he's the one that came up with Milo and Ventimilia. Um, so tell me about Paul and and when you guys talk on on the podcast, talk about the dynamic between you and Paul.
1: Paul has Paul is not only so Paul is brilliant on so many different levels, but one of the many reasons he's he's especially brilliant and a standout is because he is incredibly kind and friendly, and there aren't too many people that are as funny and quick and great at improv and willing to play games that are also not jaded. Yes. Paul is like, he's a love, you know, he, he, you feet, you feel the love. Nothing comes from a place of, um, of, of bitterness or anger, which actually I think requires a lot more work than, um,
0: do you think it's easier to be funnier if you're an angry person?
1: I think it's easier to be funnier if you're coming from a place of like bitter experience, um, because it, it, there's just easier targets. But when you're coming from a place like Paul, where it's truly coming out of, of, just being really clever and and kind and open and generous, that is rare and difficult, and and that's why. Paul uh, will always go down as one of my most favorite. I have like I you know I have a gazillion favorite guests, but Paul is um, he's a he's a special gem.
0: He definitely holds a a spot on the unqualified Hall of Fame, where we can retire his jersey if we were ever doing that. In this clip, we challenged him to perform, and he completely delivered. He was so funny. And I still go back on, and I listen to his impression of Indiana Jones selling frozen taquitos at Costco. It's so, so, so funny. So here it is from May 24th, Paul Shear.
2: Here's some more. Right what here. is this? What, what we're, we're roles not, are we playing? We're, now, having, the executive? We're, having, we're, having, we're having fun I'm the executive. with
0: improv. Okay, What's them? your name? What's her name? Okay. Sam, tell me your name. <laughs> All right. No, I'm, we're, we're going to give a couple of improv scenarios here. Oh, gosh. All right? All right. Why is he so loud?
2: We really had a thing going on. <laughs> I mean, very, yeah. the Rufy's I'm
3: really kicking leave. in, and he's loud. Really
0: <laughs> 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 Okay, so Hans Gruber on a Tinder date. Here's your Tinder date. Go.
2: Hello, girl. Very nice to meet you.
3: Hi. I have
2: a question for you. Yeah. First of all, does this place take better bonds? I have a bunch of better bonds. What? I have a bunch of better bonds. Does this place take better bonds? I don't have cash or credit. I have a bunch of better bonds from the Nakatomi Plaza.
3: Is that like a Bitcoin?
2: <laughs> kind of a Bitcoin. Anyway, so you think you're a cowboy? You're a cowboy you like cowboy movies? Okay. Yeah. First
3: of all, yeah. you're fucking creepy.
2: Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh.
3: Second of all, you didn't bring cash or I did. Card? I brought
2: better bonds.
3: I don't even know what the fuck
7: that is.
2: I brought you also a gift the FB. The gift of the FBI. <laughs> it's one of the gifts of the. <laughs> it's like so inside baseball <laughs> fucking Die Hard references. <laughs> if you've not seen Die Hard, you will not get any of this Hans Gruber specifics. This is excellent, though. All right,
0: let's go to the next one then. The next
2: one is Hannibal Lecter working his first Why shift... Why do I have to do all these impressions?
0: Hey, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not. I'm hey, like hey, fucking. You, like, uh, you, you got this. Frank Kelly over Listen, here. We were going st- we to. <laughs> Say this for the <laughs> We were going to stop earlier, but you're so. Freaking good at this, so we're gonna keep going. Okay, um, Hannibal Lecter working his first shift at Chipotle.
2: <laughs> Apologize weird. to everyone at this <laughs> for this next impression. <laughs> what would you like uh, to eat?
3: I, I just want like a burrito bowl, a burrito bowl. <laughs> <laughs> with a knife. <laughs> huh. <Black>. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> <These> are- <laughs> that was really good, though. That I- was valiant.
0: Okay, Okay. here we go. Batman auditioning for a commercial for erectile
2: dis- dysfunction. All right, so you have to lead me into this. You're a casting director. Yep, then. she's
3: a casting director. Okay, Barry. Yes. Hey, Barry. Yes. Um, okay, I'm Lindsay.
8: Lind- Hello, Lindsay. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really connect with the product
3: okay so i know that you're auditioning yes. as batman for
8: no, i am batman okay. i'm batman
3: all right so now the product is is um sort of an alternative to cialis it's an alternative to cialis and viagra uh-huh. it's called spurgra. Spurgra. spurgra 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 and it's supposed to make men feel vital Yes and young. Yes and yes, youthful. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So let's go
8: at it. Just read the sides. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
3: please, please read the sides.
8: Listen, citizens of Gotham and elsewhere, Spur Gra makes you <laughs> hard as a rock <laughs> and virile <laughs> as a pony. <laughs> I use it myself. <sighs> No okay. joking around.
2: I'm, I'm, no, you, I mean, I went, really, went a little bit off I, book. I improvise a little but, bit. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I, I got to say. That was great. That was great. You,
3: you won the role.
2: <laughs> no, I won it? You won it? it. Thank you.
3: You are now going to get $2,500. <laughs> I have
0: two more for you.
2: Two more.
0: That's it. Two more, and we're Isn't
2: done. He, we're, we're awful. What, yes. I'm just Edit out this. some of these bad I'm, ones. You're, you're, you're doing All this right. for
0: my enjoyment right, right now at this point. Indiana Jones trying to get people to try his samples at Costco. Oh, Jesus.
2: <laughs> these are really hard. Or,
9: well, or By you, the way, you're, you're like
2: the best improviser in the world. how you don't have how to many, be Indiana. How, how, many, how many shows do you do at UCB? I don't do a lot of impressions. I, uh, two, I do about two shows a week at UCB. You exactly. Don't, you're you don't the have best
3: to be Indy. I can be like Shia
2: LaBeouf. You can just be a dude. All right.
3: Like trying. I right, know. I'll be.
2: I'll, I'll take the challenge. All Look, I'm not. I'm not. Look, it's a professional podcast. I'm not gonna come in here and dick around. I'm not gonna come here and say I can't deliver the goods. Not to Shim. Not to you. All right? Shim. Sim, sorry. I I called you Shim. Sorry, Shim.
3: Okay. So I'm at Costco. Yes. I'm Pushing on a giant cart.
2: All right. Sorry. Hold on one second. Oh, sorry. We
1: we we. What are you
3: doing, Jones? Which Indiana
2: Jones? Jones, Which to Indiana, Jones?
0: Uh, Indiana Jones. Last from Crusade. Lester? or or do you want to you do? Pick, temple.
2: You pick. Okay.
3: And also, what are, what is your product?
2: Do we need? Do, we'll, we, do I have a product? No, you decide what your product is. Give me a product. Um, uh, let's say so nut taquitos. Butter. Taquitos. Nut butter. Oh, taquitos. Frozen taquitos. Frozen
8: tequitos. <sighs> Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> I'm be doing old Indiana Jones. Uh, Christmas call. Yeah. <sighs> I tried taquito, <laughs> I wrestled these. <sighs> Mexicans made these. They're kind of like a burrito that's been fried. Okay. Terrible. First of so all, well, th- my
3: name is Maria. I'm Mexican.
8: <laughs> Maria.
3: And I don't know if Mexicans made these. Can we take a Mar- look at the Mexicans box? made these.
8: <laughs> Mexicans have a... Just put one of these in your mouth.
3: I don't think so.
7: This is
8: stones. This is not carav stones. stones out of a temple <laughs> to put in a museum. This is not authentic. They burn through my bag. God damn it! Eat a taquito. If I put three of these taquitos in my bag, they'll burn through. That's how good they are. <laughs> when I took these taquitos, I brought a bag of sand and to take the taquitos. I had to <laughs> justify how much they were, and I. Justified the sand, and I put it on a thing. I took taquitos. Now give me out this free sand,
3: okay, please. Okay. Now this is Nazi taquitos. The weirdest story I've the ever Nazi heard. The Nazi taquitos.
8: Hitler made these taquitos. God damn it! Eat these taquitos. Don't let the Nazis. Hitler. Play. Hitler made taquitos. Come back here. <laughs>
0: Our next guest, we're going to talk about James Gunn. What role has James Gunn had in your life?
1: So James is uh, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 and he became dear friends with Chris um, during the making of that movie and in turn um, I spent a bit of time with him and there's so many things that I admire about James all around. Um, Most of all, his integrity and Uh, his creative integrity. uh, He fought a lot of battles with, I think, I think, I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but in one, in terms of his creative vision, but also his integrity as a person and a director and keeping the mood and spirit high on a set where everyone's working really long hours and, um, and you know, doing sort of highly technical things that, even though you're making a, a, an incredibly creative, interesting project, you're not always feeling that way. Um, I know this from making a Scary Movie 2. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a rare director, um, I think, in this day and age of, uh, in terms of uh, sticking to his vision and being um, also. just an incredibly kind person. And also he just adores Chris, but more importantly, he totally adores our son, Jack, which is like, like I would bring Jack to set and, uh, and the, you know, the movie would stop because James would have to, you know, cuddle with him and play with him and like, and give him toys and, hold his hand and walk them all around like, you know, the new planet that they've landed on or whatever I'm not supposed to reveal.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah. And so, and, and so having James on was, uh, was once again, another coup. It's been, it's been such a great year of, of those kinds of experiences and, and learning so much from, from different kinds of people. And I love I love having actors because they endlessly fascinate me, but it's also a complete thrill to get people working in different realms of the industry. And James has such a great winning story of how he landed the job and of directing um, this hugely successful movie. And I love it that, especially you know, after I think he went through a period where he didn't necessarily believe in the industry, but he believed in himself. And then he got to a point where he really believed that his vision was strong enough that the industry would see it. Um, and I don't mean to keep referring to the industry as the industry because that's obnoxious, but uh, I don't know what else to call it. Well, I guess um, at this
0: point, but- it's the entire world has recognized his genius and. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is is arguably the most anticipated movie of this year coming up. Um, I, I know I can't wait to see it. And in this clip, he discusses why, during the casting of the original Guardians, he told everyone that Chris Pratt is the biggest movie star in the world. People just don't know it yet. Um, really cool conversation.
1: He was one of my most enjoy- like surprisingly enjoyable conversations because. Um... I loved how also how smart he is in terms of personal relationships and insightful and interested, you know, we've talked to people who don't maybe aren't quite as interested in like the personal relationship aspect. Like we talk about industry stuff or work stuff, but maybe aren't quite as interested in like in, in people's relationships or, you know, people's experiences, but he was, so
0: game. He was an open book. He talked about his sex life. He talked about his past. It was really, really, it's just an interesting, interesting, smart, brilliant man. So, from June 14th, here's James Gunn.
3: Now, okay, and I, I promised Chris that I wouldn't talk too much about this. And I know you've talked a lot about this, but I can't help it. He's my husband. I'm super proud. And, um, but in casting of him, cause you yeah. cast him in the game changer yeah. for him. Yeah, sure. It's changed my life. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's had an incredible impact. And I know that he wasn't a likely choice at the time. He was pretty hefty and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, pretty un- unknown. Um, but I love it that you clearly wanted somebody to play Peter Quill who had a sense of humor and, and, uh, and I love it that you gave him. There, I mean, there's that. I don't know how you feel about it, but there's that amazing. I don't know how you feel about it going viral, but there's that amazing audition piece between uh, Chris,
11: him, him and Batista. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 it. That's how he got the role because it was. I, I saw Chris read – I mean, people know this story about how I didn't want to see Chris for the role, and I why? Didn't why think, was that? I thought he was. I thought he was the Just like chubby, right. funny guy from Parks and Rec. I didn't yeah. see it. And, uh, and Sarah Finn, the casting director, kept pushing me until I saw him. And then I saw him and I knew, and this is 100% true, within 20 seconds of him reading, I knew he was the guy. Why? I just knew what it. was it? Um, because, you know, I was looking for somebody who was like Downey was with Tony Stark, basically. Somebody who could fulfill all the words I had on the page, but at the same time brought something extra outside of that to the role because just being this charming, funny guy wasn't enough, if that makes sense.
3: Well, and Chris is a natural hustler. And, and a lot of us, I've, I, totally you know, yeah. like he, he knows he grew up, you know, not very wealthy or anything. And, and he, he was, uh, he's had a ton of different jobs and he knows how to, so he has like that impish, mischievous hustler quality that. That Peter has.
11: Yeah, I also but I also think it was his he has a natural vulnerability about him as an actor, which is what makes him a movie star for this time period. Uh, because he, it, he does have a lot of classic movie star stuff. He does have a lot of Gary Cooper type stuff. But he has this vulnerability that is very different from those actors from the past. And that thing is that combined with the fallibility combined with the cockiness. Yeah. That's what made that character. And that's what was so different about him. But it was mostly, you know, it was just his charm and he fit into the right role at the right time. And I told people back then, like as soon as we started going, you know, people would say, what about Chris Pratt? How did you cast, you know, somebody who's not well known for this big role. And I said, Chris Pratt is the biggest movie star in the world. People just don't know it yet. Right. And (sighs) I'm really proud of the fact that I saw that off the bat.
3: I got to tell you, I would do anything for you, James, because I, I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Because I got to tell you, when I, when I worked with him, we did we met doing a movie called uh, "Take Me Home Tonight" uh, in 2007. It was shelved for a long time, and but I rem- when I when we were boyfriend and girlfriend in the movie, and um, and sort of offset, I kind of I, I knew he was charming and popular, and and um, you know and, and like an affable guy or whatever, but um, I didn't really take him. I didn't really start to uh, really see him until I started acting with him. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, holy shit, this guy is really fucking good. And it, it like sent goosebumps because you know, I, I, I bring to the table of, of a, when I do a, a role, a, a pretty strong point of view. So I, and, and it frustrates me when, because oftentimes you work with actors who, yeah. who aren't bringing a strong point of view oh, yeah. and they're like right. trying to find it yeah. in the moment. And it's like, take 20 and you're like, just like or whatever. But, um, and, and Chris brings that, you know, he brings a really strong point of view as well. And I just found that unbelievably sexy, just how, how good he was. And, um, I don't know. It was, it was really, I, I saw, I, I saw a shift in myself and I remember thinking like, um, oh, no, this is, he's got, he's got a lot, he's got a huge future. Yeah.
11: I mean, I felt like about just in the first movie, the biggest thing was just, conversely and paradoxically getting Chris to stop entertaining and if he could stop entertaining all of a sudden then he is the most in, you know rapturing that he could possibly be it's, it's what it was
3: well James I owe you a lot thank you so yeah. much for casting my husband okay so I want to talk to you um, a, a brief thing this is something I've been thinking about so I had uh, I had um, a, a, a male, I won't go into too much detail about this, but I had a guy say to me, a frustrated actor, um, about 2001 after I got scary movie. Um, he hadn't been working and he, and I was trying to sort of boost his ego or whatever. And he said something along the lines of, um, but Anna, because you did scary movie, you have achieved some kind of immortality. And I thought oh uh, for the first thing I was like, Oh my God, I hope it's not a fucking scary movie. I mean, I love, listen, I love scary movie, but I just, you know, I don't necessarily want to like, whatever, that's my stamp on immortality. But I hadn't really thought about the idea of that kind of achievement in, in, um, I, 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 you know, I, I love material things and I love acting and everything, Mm -hmm. but I hadn't really thought about the idea of, um, needing to make a stamp, um, or. I don't know, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I, I and I, 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 yeah. I, I know that it means it's a sort of a question, and I had Sim write this down because I wanted to phrase it appropriately, that where you might have to admit to some degree of vanity.
11: Yeah, sure, you know? I have plenty of vanity. Don't worry, it's like <laughs> I don't have to admit to some degree. It's 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 been a huge driving force of much of my life.
3: But now that you have, I mean, you have had you you have an artistic imprint that you know will last until the zombies kill us I, and I, even then they might really yeah. love going yeah
11: <laughs> maybe i i i mean I, you know the thing is it doesn't it doesn't make any difference it makes absolutely i mean yeah sometimes i want i'm very competitive first of all like very competitive so i really want to make the greatest possible movies i can make and uh you know with guardians volume 2 i want to make the greatest spectacle film ever like that's mo- what i'm committed to but at the same time, it doesn't make any difference. It's all building sandcastles because eventually we're all gone whether we you know, we're gone or go somewhere else. We're gone. And you know, being immortal means what? Like how long is humanity really going to last? It's not immortality and the overall scheme of things it seems like nothing to me. I don't know if that's like a weird no. way to look at life, I, but I don't I, just, no, I think so, it's a
3: healthy way to I'm look so at life. I'm so zen
11: about it. It's really about, you know, it's about the struggle. It's about doing what I feel like I was born to do. It's about really fulfilling what I think my you know reason is for being on this planet. And it's about serving other people at the end of the day and, and, and touching other people and making other people's lives uh, a little bit easier because of what we do. And that is what drives me at the core of it all. And then I have this other part of me that, like I said, is really competitive and always has been. Um, and somehow those two things exist in me side by side and they seem like they're opposing, but they're no, really not because the inc- competitive part healthy. of me helps serve other people. Yeah.
3: So, no, I think that's incredibly healthy because it's easy to get wrapped up in the vanity. And we talk a bit about this on the podcast, like the struggle with vanity in, especially in this industry and especially as a woman that for all different reasons and everything. But, yeah. but if you're looking it's almost like if you're looking for the trophy from this industry, it will just continue to be. It will just always be elusive because you just have to figure, right? Like, yeah, because
11: we're what you do is. I mean, I think I learned it when I was young, and it was uh, you know because I've been making movies for 20 years, and so when I was when I first like walk, walked a red carpet, you know, um, and I'm like. You know what? In practice, this is not fun. Like, this is just... It seems like it's such a great thing when you're a kid and you imagine yourself walking <laughs> no, the red no. carpet and everybody's <laughs> no. going to be looking at you and you're going to be so cool but really it's just completely sort of humiliating oh, and you feel yes. like you're a, an animal oh. and then there's always the struggle for they're taking your picture the person behind you and the publicists are pushing you around and the whole thing is just completely humbling and humiliating and not at all uh it's not that exciting and What you when you're looking at somebody who's famous or successful outside of yourself, and you're seeing that thing, that's the thing you want to be when you're young, and you want to be famous, and you want to be successful, and you want to be rich. You're seeing that thing that doesn't exist because it is by its very nature outside of yourself. If that makes sense, oh,
3: completely. So
11: it's like that's it's a worthless thing to chase after, and that's what I always tell people because people are always telling me, you know, I want to be. I want to be an actor or I want to be a director. I want to be this thing. And I'm like, do you really? Right. Because it's really about, you know, Anna going to set every day and waking up at six o'clock in the morning and sitting there and going through this stuff and not really feeling the glory that other people think you have right? and enjoying that process and yes, getting paid for it, which is great. But enjoying that process enough that it's worth doing and feeling enough fulfillment from doing that, that it's worth doing. And uh, my dog is going through all your equipment right now. Um,
3: (laughs) I I love it. No, but no, I don't know. I don't know why you would have ever seen pictures of me on a red carpet. But I get so uncomfortable that all I do is like unhinge my jaw and I just (laughs) make the craziest face. Faces because I'm so awkward. I don't know how to do, I don't know how to close my mouth and do like the side thing that I'm supposed to be doing, yeah, with like the smoky eyes. So, as a result, I have these crazy smoky eyes and I just (laughs) look insane. And people can see like my back molars, and (laughs) I'm just like, I I, like, and I never know how I never know how to hold my body. I feel because because. Like you said, it's like I, I haven't gotten that character down. It's probably that red carpet character.
5: I, I, I mean,
11: how many people do you know that enjoy it? I don't. I can't think of anybody that enjoys doing the red carpet.
3: I don't. So I see. I don't know. I I'm, I know that there are people because there yeah? are people that electively go to premieres that aren't their own.
11: I know, but that's be, no. But they go because of the publicity they get, right? So, but they don't go because they actually enjoy in the moment being on the carpet. I
3: think. I think we just don't know these people, James, but I think they're out there and they may have a lot of reality television money.
11: Yeah, yes, yeah, that's, that's probably... You're right, there are people that don't have... You know have, what
3: I mean? Like, they're the, so
11: self-centered, Like they don't even have the awkwardness <laughs> that comes with looking at yourself enough to say, this is so stupid and, yeah.
3: Because I'm with you, Chris and I, and, you know, I mean, we... Uh, I, I I, struggle a lot and it's embarrassing almost to admit it because it sounds very arrogant but I, I struggle a lot with the, um, the, 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 the publicity side of this industry. Side.
11: It's a thing you think when I was a kid, it's a thing I imagined oh, doing the press junkets and, the yeah, this, then, and that, it ends uh, up uh, being uh, the uh, price you pay for everything yeah. else. And the movie coming out is the price you pay for the, doing the movie Yeah. because the part that's the best is, is the creation of it Yeah. and the rest of it. You just have to let go. I mean, it does feel good when people like what you do and you get a note from a kid that says my life changed because of Mm -hmm. seeing, you know, your film. I mean, that makes a great deal of uh, difference to me. But primarily it's about having to be in the moment and creating that that project and, and and the creation of it is the thing that has to turn you on. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. And that's why people who want to be actors or who want to be directors, they need to go out there and act and direct and make sure they really like doing it and can handle the rejection, which is
3: huge. You know, there's this is such a sidebar, and some might get annoyed with no, me. No, of we were, course not. <laughs> we were talking about, um, with an actress in an earlier podcast, about the whole this whole ask her more, hashtag ask her more concept. Oh, I don't yeah, know if you've heard yeah. about it.
11: Yes, yeah, it's about the, yeah, asking her more than what she wears.
3: Right, yeah. which to me is like, it just feels so stupid. It's like, That's that's what we're like. That's those are like the twenty seconds that you spend with each journalist that you just have to get it over with. You just have to do it. And if you can just tell somebody what you're wearing, who cares? Yeah. Like, can't we? uh, I I don't know. I feel I like the intention. You like
11: ask me hashtag ask me less. less.
3: (laughs) But I I mean, I love the intention behind it. The intention is pure. But um, but the but it doesn't really have the movement feels it doesn't. the the
11: performers themselves in mind because it just makes things more difficult for this process we already dislike doing yeah and it's
3: like it's not acknowledging i guess to sort of the frivolousness
11: of the entire
3: of the whole thing
11: extravaganza yeah yeah
0: Yeah. okay anna so the next clip We are going to listen to a clip from Keegan-Michael Key. And I can probably listen to this episode just on repeat, over and over again. I never get sick of it. He's that engaging. He's that hilarious. Um, What was your takeaway
7: from
1: Keegan? Keegan was so incredible because, once again, it was one of the first times, I think, that we started really exploring the improv world in in sort in, in in our podcasting and like we had done like little stuff before and and we were starting we always knew that there would be a learning curve and we always knew that um that we were going to try to like find who we are and we still are and I hope that we always continue to do so but that was definitely one of the first ones where we really started to I felt like open up um you know between Paul and Keegan and Jason um and Zucis um, like our our improv
0: we're talking about three of the best in the world yeah they're they're unbelievable
1: and that to me was so much fun and he had no idea that what we were about to do um in terms of me playing the horrible Karen Sarducci pitching him like the worst (laughs) Rosemary's
0: Talking Baby is still probably my all-time favorite it's
1: (laughs) I still love uh, Titanic
0: Titanic 2 let's get high
1: but the fact that he went into the whole like before I even pitched anything he went into it with saying can I just say I love the what 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 series (laughs) and (laughs) instantly I felt like Oh, oh my God! Game, game on! And <laughs> this is—it's so fun. And am I out of my league? I don't know.
0: You were not man, out of your league. I—it was so much fun to watch yeah, you two perform. Yeah. It's and you've been just—you've been getting better and better. Anna, I'm so proud of you and the fact that you're not only holding your own to some of the best improvisers in the world, but you are. So 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 ridiculously funny, and you have me cracking up, sitting right next to you all the time.
1: Sim, you know what? The best thing about even when I tell you to like fuck off, you still say really nice things like that. And and the truth is, though, I know that you must at some point be going a little bit crazy when I go on and on with a character. But anyway, we can talk about that later. <laughs> I, I'm I am thrilled. Keegan is um, is. A total, total gem, and um, I think I would I would be, I don't know, I would be, it would be like the best birthday gift ever if he came back on, on the podcast.
0: Um, so, interestingly enough, Amy and I ran into Keegan at the Passenger's premiere after party. You weren't there, but Keegan was there, and he gave us a huge hug. Wait and a
1: name drop.
0: Um, um, I'm, well, I'm just telling you that he told me, he told us that he had a blast and he really wants to come back. You said that you wanted him back and I'm telling you right now that he wants to come back. So let's bring him back.
1: I love that idea. I love, I love that. I, yeah, cause, uh, cause he, it, it was like, um, like a semi-decent tennis player playing with somebody really good and, um, just like volleying for, you know, a little bit. And if and and when he does come back, I want to have some great stuff prepared that will take him by surprise. Oh,
0: it's going to be so much fun. Until that happens, let's hear Keegan-Michael Key from June 21st.
3: My name is Karen. Mm -hmm. I am the studio head of Imaginary. Um, Studios, Imaginarian. Yes, Imaginarian Studios. Um, I'm. You're coming in as yourself, Keegan, Mm -hmm. and I am going to. I I own the rights to some some big name movies. Copy that. So we're trying to make some sequels. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to bring you in. And um and Donovan will bring you in.
0: I'm, uh, I'm Karen's assistant, Donovan. Hi, Donovan. Nice to meet, okay, nice to meet you. Too. I
3: already fucking said that, all right.
12: So you don't fucking. And Donovan, know. I ple- I appreciate the water. Yeah. Okay.
3: You don't need to. Would you like some water?
12: I, I don't need any more water. Okay. You, you literally got a two, two liter. Okay. Of Evian. So thanks, Donovan. Ta- I appreciate like, it. It's always. It's especially dis- oh you j- 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 Always talks. You're so dismissed, much. Donovan.
3: <laughs> I mean, I don't even think he's. Oh, I don't even know how he fucking graduated. From fucking
0: kindergarten. Should I bring him in?
3: Are you talking again, Donovan? Sorry. Uh, okay. Yes, please, please bring in Keegan. Keegan,
0: Karen is ready to see you now.
12: Karen, nice to meet you. Hi. And is it, is it Sarduki or Sarducci? Sarducci. Karen Sarducci. Yes. Nice to meet you. Oh, my Pleasure. gosh. It's
3: so nice to meet you. I have been a big fan of yours oh, gosh, for thank so you. long. And I have to tell you, my kids, mm-hmm. Milo and Ventimiglia, just love you so much and they really have their finger on the pulse of hollywood sure so when we were uh we were recently um in ziwa Tanejo and mm-hmm. they were saying how much they loved you and i um so i started watching a lot of your work mm, and mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. are brilliant thank you and i have to tell you first of all i love you as a movie star oh great Thanks. i also love you as a writer i love how you deal with Racial relations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean it It's like It's clearly a subject That needs to be talked about
12: And you do it With such humor Well thank you so much Karen I want to let you know That I'm a big fan Of the um, um, What 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 Series Oh thank you I like I, I like What 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 uh, The third one And I also think What was really A nice touch Is that In in, in what 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 Three mm-hmm. I love how after The fir- first what You put the the, the the question mark Yeah And after the second what you put a question mark. Uh But then after the third what, you put three question marks, which you didn't do with the first two movies, which I thought was amazing just for the one sheet alone. (laughs) Thank you. Brilliant.
3: You know, thank you so much for saying that because punctuation has always been an odd element in a movie title. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a risk, you know, it's like, what's it in guilt? By like, what's
12: what's what's eating gilbert right like do people
3: want to see a question mark movie turns out they do
12: yeah or at least (laughs) at the very least three of them
3: right yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. thank you for thank you
12: but at any rate yes i just wanted to make sure i said that because i thought if i ever meet ever meet karen sarducci i've got to mention the what 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 series
3: thank you well i just i i'm a huge fan of yours i see you you as the next leonardo dicaprio oh wow uh tom cruise you are just america's leading man oh karen
12: i i'm I'm taken aback in the most positive okay, possible way. Okay, now we're going to
3: move on. Um, so, what I want to say is, now my kids came up with uh, three
12: movie titles. I'm sorry, what? No,
3: my kids. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, um, so we. I have
12: seen Ventimiglia in the news, but I don't know what. what how old is Milo?
3: Milo's 14.
12: 14, gotcha. Yes. And is 16, correct? Yes, right, all yes, right. Yeah. And I saw the whole thing in the in the spread, and that there was the thing in the THR about uh, yes, his so uh, sweet sixteen birthday. Yet I'm sorry, I'm, I'm no, gushing no. now. I apologize, Karen.
3: Slightly disappointed that you uh, believe in tabloids, but we'll move on. Okay, so now we own the titles to these movies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we want to capitalize on their sequels. Sure. So I would love it if I just heard your initial thoughts. Copy that. Number one. The joy luck club too. Mm-hmm. not quite as lucky.
12: Gotcha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not quite as lucky. Now you're the star. Sure. Sure. Yep. Um, I can play Asian. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Um, I'm just thinking my first thought is, um, maybe now it's an organization more than it is a club.
9: Uh-huh.
12: We can go there and then there's more people. in Do you it.
3: mean like a mobster organization? Or?
12: No, 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 no. Not like the mob, but per se, just a, just a, a larger club where more people are, can't feel as lucky because there's really, there's luck in small numbers. So and it's like the Pessimist like, Club. It's the Pessimist Club, right. Yeah, I think, I think. and what happens is the Joy Luck Club turns into the Pessimism Club, and then by the time we get around to the third act, we're trying to pull it right back to where it was to begin with. Is
3: there hope at the end? Absolutely,
12: freaking there's hope. In fact, we're going to change it to the Joy Hope Club, and uh, at the, that's what they're going to change it. There's going to be a banner at mm-hmm. the end, and that's what they're going to change the name of the thing. And like then we'll a birthday
3: some, party banner? Yeah, and then we'll
12: do some traditional Chinese dancing.
3: Yeah. Do you know how to...
12: Me? Traditionally oh chinese. yeah yeah I am an expert in chantoi yeah
3: Okay uh, chantoi right. yeah style All right, yeah. all right. well we're, we're, I, I like I like where you're st- I like where this is started I
12: just feel like like a lot of set pieces maybe mm-hmm. it has it's chinese but it has a bollywood feel oh, I'm just thinking dancing. we might do a couple of set pieces here there and well, perhaps everywhere You are everywhere.
3: You're a wonderful dancer and Milo
12: d- says you can sing I can sing as well Sometimes a person
3: sings a song in his heart
12: mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: Okay, now the next one is Rosemary's Talking Baby. Mm
12: -hmm. The Talking Baby.
3: Yes, now I've already signed a deal with Mary-Kate Nashley Olsen to be the talking baby. But here's the thing. This movie takes Mm -hmm. place in 2043, Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. time where man can actually have a baby. So you are the lead. I'm playing the
12: Mia Farrow role. Yes. I see. You
3: have had a uterus inserted into your body. Yep. Because you're a generous man. You don't want to, your wife or your partner, whomever, a gay Mm -hmm. man, whatever, Mm -hmm. however you Mm -hmm. decide to go with this. I'm with it. You don't, you don't, you want to experience the idea of childbirth. Right. So you are, yes, you are giving birth to um, Rosemary's talking baby.
12: Mm Mm-hmm. So now in this case, I'm Rosemary, and I get it. But I, well, maybe we we'll just call me um, Rosemariano and I'll be a Hispanic guy who wants the utrakas inside of him, uh-huh. Ryan. Right? Do you like it so far? Like he's maybe he's this. He, we can play. An well, ethnic. I, you always, know, I just think that demographically speaking, to I have a guy like this, like this, in this particular kind of way, I like
3: <laughs> this market
12: for right? sure. Okay, and then what happens is he. He, he, same thing happens like from the original, right? Mm-hmm. So at one point in time, he remember, he starts to find out, he goes to see the priest and he find out that there are two babies inside of him. those Two. babies. And well, what happens is he realizes one baby is the devil baby and the other baby is regular baby. <laughs> and then the majority, majority of the film, <laughs> what happened? He goes to the doctor.
10: <laughs> he go to the
12: doctor uh-huh. and the majority of the te film <laughs> place to the um, ultrasound machine <laughs> and there is a there is a battle between good and evil inside of his home inside of his home and and then we can decide later. We can decide later as we as we go forward if, if we want the good baby to win. If the bad baby wins, there could be a Rosemary's Three. That's my initial thoughts.
3: I like it that you're kind-hearted. Potentially
12: that you want both of them to. I love it that, that then then outside you cut outside of the ultrasound machine every now and again, and there is Luis, and he's ambivalent to say the least <laughs> because he he wants both of the babies to live. The evil baby is still my baby. You know, that, that, something like that. So we can really tug at the heartstrings. I,
3: I really. I, I, Thanks, I knew, I knew that you were brilliant. Uh, okay. The third uh, and final mm-hmm. uh, movie that we, we also on the rights to <clears throat> is uh, Titanic. So our third Ooh. movie is already called. We already have the title. Mm-hmm. Titanic 2. Let's get high.
12: So this is what happens. Because of the tragedy of the early 1900s and the Titanic sinking, both, well, if I may, I don't want to leave anybody out, both the Titanic and the Lusitania. Um, so what, what has happened is Boeing Industries has made Titanic the plane. what's this subtitle again? I'm trying to be sure.
3: Let's get high. Let's get
12: high. Correct. So they've made a plane. Milo loves to smoke weed. He does. Okay, great. Yeah. So the plane is the size of the original Titanic boat, okay? Mm -hmm. And what happens is they're going to go, we're going to go- It's um, an indestructible plane. It's an indestructible plane. It cannot be destroyed in Mm -hmm. any way, shape, or form. In fact, they do test runs on on prototypes of the Titanic plane. This thing is just bouncing off of mountains, no big deal, and still makes it to its destination. Mm -hmm. It's like an AC-3 Airbus- Times four. They don't even know how they got this thing in the air. We're talking Howard Hughes, Gray Goose times six. Mm-hmm. Shaswax. Okay. That's just a little piece of um okay. slang that I've made up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they're in the air. And then what happens is, they're not aware of the fact there's a phenomenon a barometric phenomenon that takes place that only happens once every 2000 years and it creates an iceberg that floats in the air because little do we know clouds do weigh tons tons and tons and tons but there's a lot what happens is there's a cold front that meets a colder front over antarctica in this particular trip that the plane is going to go over the top of the globe they think we're good to go here no big deal and then it's boip, boip. And the guys, you know, and then then you have Jack, right? Jack. But now Jack is now he's not just a peddler. It's me, right? Huge. Now you're in like the lower. I'm in steerage. Yeah, You might even be in like the the baggage. I could actually. Yes. There's like six guys that stowed away in baggage, (laughs) but baggage, baggage. This is how huge. This is how Titanic the Titanic is. Baggage is the size of three 767s. Just. Baggage. They've got giraffes down there. They're, I mean, just like cl- crazy live produce. I'm selling weed to the other six guys. Some people are coming down from um, middle class, not first class. They're coming down to buy weed. Nobody's do monitoring an Irish the Irish jig, though. I can absolutely do that. you like that. I can play Irish, black Irish, <laughs> and and then what I'll do is I'll sell the, sell the marijuana, right? And I make my way up and I meet a young lady. She comes down to get high. Perhaps it's played, Karen, by someone I don't know. Um, I really enjoy the actress Anna Ferris. Perhaps she plays the role, right? Okay, but she's
3: not big enough. But Copy we that. do mm-hmm. have uh, we have an amazing deal with Reese Witherspoon. And I just want to ask you, just between you and I, sure. Is Blackface still offensive? Because um, well, here's the thing, Easy. I'm wondering I don't know. I mean I know she wants to explore her horizons. You know, she wants Reese to- does. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm just wondering. Just on a personal note, side note, is it? I don't know. Is it still a thing? Yeah, um, it's uh,
12: it's still pretty goddamn horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's disappointing it's, news. It's, okay. And, and I, I'll be honest, I'm a whore. It's disappointing for me as well. I wish we could do it. I would just slap some slap some mahogany all over Reese's face. Get the get get the cork and light that stuff, stuff up and swoop it. just okay. I Get it all over there. Good to know. Let, Good to know. Now we could make some changes scripturally if you wanted to. Scripturally, biblically, textually. So Take she your pick. comes
3: down from first. She class. She comes up from
12: first class. We'll figure I, out you know, her skin color later. We can do it later. Let's for for the sake of <laughs> uh, for the sake of argument, let's say it's perfectly okay for her to be completely racist, uh, like brutally racist. And so she comes down to Stewart, and she's like, "Yo, man, what's up? Um, <laughs> um you know." Penelope. <laughs> and she's, you know, she's got like a like a like a dolomite strut. And then she bumps into the Irishman. And he's like, How you doing, Nerd? Do like? And she's like, Let me get a little bit of a reefer baby. <laughs> and then um and then she calls him Baba. Babe. Ba Baba. And then um and then what happens is they go to the front of the plane. And you
3: paint her breasts.
12: Yes, I, yes. Well Whoa, what's happening? I paint her breasts? Yeah. Well, no, I love it. To. Karen. Yes, and. Yes, and I use pastels mostly. But I, she, So she does black tit and black pilot. face. <laughs>
13: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, I love it. I love it so far. I mean, I think it's brilliant.
12: I mean. Thus far, if I may, mm-hmm. if I may, Miss Sarducci, which project seems to be Resonating with you the most?
3: Well, I, you know, honestly, I love all three, and according to my children, you are, um, you truly are like the next five. Robert De Niro, hey. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio,
12: uh, all Marlon the good Brando. Italian <laughs> ones, all the good Italian actors. Um, uh, I look, I'm more than willing to change my name to Keegan Michael Keego, oh, Keegan Michael Keego, uh, Miguel
0: The next clip we're about to play...
12: Wait, Sim.
0: Yes.
1: And don't edit this part out. (laughs) Go ahead. Dear listeners, (laughs) see, this is the -the behind-the-scenes stuff when Sim is annoyed with me.
0: (laughs) I'm not annoyed with you. I just, you know what? It's harder to do this on the phone. If I'm looking at you, it'd be different. Actually, I don't know. I I feel like I have a little more control with you on the phone as opposed to sitting next to me.
2: Right now.
1: Well, no, no, I, I'm hoping the purpose of, uh, and I think that you agree. I just need this to be reiterated is that I'm hoping that the purpose of all of, 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 do, of doing all these recaps of like our favorite pieces and clips and people and everything is that hopefully, you know, our, our listeners will, you know, get a, sense of sort of who we are and the like idiotic nonsense that i'm spewing out of my mouth but do you think that it's gonna work
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't edit this out (laughs) i don't know if this particular section is gonna work right now we'll see (laughs) because you told me not to edit it out (laughs) but we'll see oh come on okay i'm leaving it in i'm leaving all of this in i promise but can we move on with the show please
1: yeah, fine, fine, fine. But just tell me that, yes, it's going to be good on it. It's going to be fine. It's all going to work. More people are going to listen. You know what?
0: It worked the first time. The episode we have right okay. now worked. Volume one worked. People are enjoying the episode. And it introduced all right. so All right, fine. You, you know what? You don't believe me. You never believe
1: Thanks. me. No, I do. I do. I do. I just sometimes I hate myself for needing reassurance
0: i'm i'm telling you right now it's working i promise you it's working okay so let's keep going all right patty stenger talk to me about patty
1: i've been a big fan of patty because of millionaire matchmaker for a long time and also just so fascinated with that world of how do people kind of not, and she's, she would, I think, be very opposed to the term like gold digging and everything because I know that she really is sort of about making love connections. But I am fascinated living in Los Angeles in sort of a world where it feels like there's lots of, you know, we're all out for ourselves in one way or the other. I'm trying to get acting, you know what I mean? Like, we're, it, People, people come here to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and some people come here to be an entrepreneur in terms of finding um, a wealthy partner, and um, so that element really fascinates me. I was thrilled. I, I find her, um, even through her, her sort of her her straight talk, incredibly charming. Yes. So I was really thrilled to have her, you know, uh, come to the house and be on her show. And, um, and she gave me beautiful jewelry and she also um, gave you
0: wine. She has a winery or a vineyard or a, yes, or a label yes. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah.
1: She's got the whole thing going. And I mean, she completely dominated Oh yeah, the episode, which was hysterical. Awesome.
0: I mean, the episode was a little nuts, let's be honest. It was crazy. Um, and I'm not just saying that because do you remember when she grilled me about my plans to propose to Amy? I thought that was hysterical.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And she wouldn't let it go. She brought it up twice during the episode.
1: And could you imagine giving her advice? That would be really nope. hard.
0: It's impossible. You wouldn't be able to do it. She wouldn't listen to you. She would take no, your advice no. and tell you why you're wrong. Um, and <laughs> Totally. And what was interesting... And
10: she's probably right is the sad uh, thing. Yeah, you know, well, and you know what? that's
1: a sad thing, but...
0: She does carry herself with a lot of confidence. That's something that I noticed. And yeah. It's very impressive. And, you know, I... And you know this, Anna. We get a lot of emails on unqualified.com asking us why they can't attract anyone. And um, the clip that I'm about to play is Patty definitely speaks her mind to that caller.
1: She was a little... Uh, and I totally admire her for this a little more forceful with her advice than I would ever be because, you know, I brand myself as being completely unqualified and I have no idea what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, absolutely. So.
0: I mean, there was, there definitely was a little bit of good cop, bad cop going, but I don't think that Patty came from a, from a, from a malicious place. She oh, really,
1: not at all. Not at all. No. In fact, no. I also this...
0: warned the caller. I said, look, you're, listen, this is, you. are you sure you want to get into this? Because, Patty is going to just completely just go at it. And uh, and uh, I think her name was Ashley. Ashley said, Yeah, you know, bring it on.
5: Do you
1: think that Patty is alone with Chris right now? She's trying, yeah, if they were like to them upstairs, if they were like downstairs alone, do you think that Patty would try to be like coming on to Chris?
0: Well, she did huh. say during the episode that Chris is her dream man. You heard that? You heard that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Do you think yeah. you can trust um, Patty and Chris alone in a room together? Yeah, I do. Okay, good. But
1: even if I w- even if I went downstairs and I found like something crazy going on, I think I'm at the point in my life where I'd be like, well, fuck it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> With that, here's Patty Stanger from August 9th. We're calling Ashley right now. She's in New York. She's 31. She works in tech. She's looking for a guy that's nerdy and funny and sweet, humble, brilliant, quirky, and stable, looking for everything, by the way. She's looking uh, for the total package.
13: Uh, hey, hello? Ashley, Get it's Sim. How are Hi. you? Good. How are Anna you? is here. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Ashley.
0: And so is Patty Stanger. Hey. Hey. So, hey. To Ashley, you want true love, but all the men you're attracted to seem unavailable. Let's try and understand you more so Patty can accurately assess your situation to give you the best advice. So Patty, why are you, why do
13: you say they're unavailable? What's the reason? What are they giving you as a reason? Okay. I keep falling into the same kinds of scenarios
14: where I have a very particular size and then I meet these wonderful men that I think are totally the, the thing or they're pursuing me. And, um, I'll either find out pretty soon, maybe like within a, a couple of months or so that they're just kind of like at capacity emotionally. They can't go further they don't really want anything serious. How many have you had in a Even row? A how many, of...
13: But how many have you had in a row? Um,
14: so I was in like um a, a couple of very long term relationships since I was in high school, essentially. Um, one was several, several years, one was three. But those so were the all the emotionally unavailable.
13: Couple... Wait, were they, all, they were all the emotionally unavailable guys? No, they were awesome. They were wonderful. Okay, but so we're that, talking about the ones that um, are emotionally unavailable. So, how many have you had in a row?
14: Right. So I I would say for the last two years, every guy I've met. Is that two, every either, two months, like six, six of them,
13: seven of them? How many?
14: I would say, that yeah, several, several. How angry more. do
13: you get about this experience? I'm friends with them, so I don't really get angry at all. Okay, well, there's um, your mistake right there. Just, in there. There's your mistake right in there. So there's a problem you're having where you're trying to take them out uh-huh. of the friend zone into the romance zone. Mm-hmm. And technically speaking, if, if a problem keeps showing up, the universe is saying to you, what are you here to learn? So you need to stop right. making friends with them. If they're not willing to give you an emotional commitment at your level, you know, water seeks its own level, you need to get rid of them. And when you say, I will get rid of you, not be friends with you, not allow you in my energetic space, without anger, there can be no anger. It has to be only forgiveness. Okay? And thank you, God. Then they stop showing up. So you're on an energetic Mm -hmm. roller coaster ride, which means the universe is just going to keep sending you until you define a line in the sand. What are your boundaries?
14: I'm pretty communicative, and, I, and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm curious about. So I've had talks with my girlfriends about this, and they think there's something I'm doing, even though I'm pretty straightforward, pretty Do blunt, you hear what I just said? Dry. Hey, hey,
13: listen, listen. I what did I just say to you? What did I just say to you? Who cares if you're communicative? You don't keep dead weight in your energetic space because let me tell you something. When your new guy comes in who's together, who loves you and wants to give you an emotional uh, uh, fulfillment, He ain't going to like any of these dead weights hanging around. Okay? You just picked up a bunch of litter of of terrible, awful, angry, hungry cats. Get rid of them.
10: Ashley. Drop them
13: off at the pound.
3: I also want you to know that my new best friend, Patty, if she'll take me, (laughs) has been bossing me around for the last hour and a half. (laughs) And oh, I, did, I
1: knew so. what
13: I was getting into. <laughs> okay, but well, she
3: really gives
6: the best advice. But
13: you're not listening to me. You, can't, you uh, keep saying they're communicate. What is communicative? Here's the thing. Men cannot hear you. All men learn from women with nonverbal signals. 90% of body language is non-verbal. Did you know that? So no matter what you say to them, yeah. they're, not, they're not downlining. You. They're just saying, I can fuck her. I could fuck her. I could fuck her when I feel like it. It's on my terms. So I could fuck her. I could fuck her. I could really don't want to give her commitment. She's really yeah. hot, but there's something <laughs> probably better out there for me. But if I was bo- if I was bored one night, midnight, I could probably fuck her. Mm-hmm. So then, then what is the solution? Get again? rid of them. No more friends. No more friends. No more so my, friends. Define. My question what...
14: was. Oh, okay.
13: <laughs> no, keep going. What's your
14: question? I'm listening. My my question was. Um... That's When I say I'm friends with them, I mean on good terms. I don't actively pursue friendships and we don't hang out. Okay, that's not a friend. A
13: friend is Uh, a friend is a friend. That's just somebody you said, okay, I'm not mad. Now maybe you need to say, you know what? I don't really want you in my life. It was really nice knowing you. And delete him out of your phone. Delete. Okay, take all those guys tonight. You're going to go home tonight. Get a glass of wine and delete, delete, delete. Residue. Get rid of the residue. Emails. Anything they've sent you. The shit that gave you, put it in a box in the garage. Delete, delete, delete. Get rid of the energy.
3: I do think it's true uh-huh. that like okay. you can't. Um, and with this has been a learning lesson for me, which will be a lifelong one, that I cannot force somebody to like me if right. they don't. But
13: the thing is, she keeps things. getting the same thing over and over again. So remember when you have the issue about the man with no money, and Chris changed that game? Right. Okay, you have to decide. It starts with a decision. Right. Like, once you decide, I'll give you an example. So program men love me. AA people love me, because I'm very responsible. I don't really drink that much. Although I own a wine company, and I drink my wine. P.S. Match. You can look for it online. Um, but the <laughs> bottom line is, I decided I didn't want another program person. So the last two weeks, program people showed up on the apps, and I was dating them. And I didn't know about it till I got on the date and then I just said you know what I don't really want them anymore and I energetically canceled that and I have a date Tuesday night with someone who's not in the program so I didn't get mad I just said universe thank you for showing me who he is on the first date I didn't really you know had a nice lovely dinner but he's not for me you know that they're not emotionally unavailable when you first meet them but you ignore it because they're cute and they're hot or they're the package or they have the right things the right job the right friends right whatever you're just ignoring the signals no they're all like dorky Jewish guys but you think dorky Jewish (laughs) guys okay but that's the that's the problem you're going for nasty nerds so nasty nerds are never going to morph into the prince what's a nasty nerd a nasty nerd is a nerd who really turns on you and becomes nasty and you're like dude you're a fucking nerd you think you're the right (laughs) to be nasty with me I've never heard that it's like the kind of harmless person that you think it, like- but they're not and the truth of the matter is you you're i looked at your picture you're smoking you should be you know going for a higher guy like somebody higher on the totem pole reaching for the a team mm-hmm. not the d team fuck those nasty nerds you know maybe get out of yeah. jewish dodge yeah, yeah. don't fucking go on jayden anymore go on the fucking app that has like some nice jewish christian uh, nice christian guys or some spiritual guys get out of it get mix God, it up no. a little bit They're, the type is not written in stone would you say Chris was your automatic yeah. type that's a good question yeah I, yeah. No, I mean, not, not before
3: I was ready Right. For so it.
13: what were the men like before Chris listen um, to Anna
3: they were dark angry not they didn't <laughs> have nerds. a lot of friends <laughs> Yes, but I loved like the anger, the mysteriousness you know. Yes, of them, like- and, they were, and attractive, but um, but but loners.
13: Right. Okay. And Chris and is social and fun and hot, hot. and yes. blonde and People. rugged and sexy, and he could be considered a woodchopper, my favorite kind, because Washington has a lot of woodchoppers. <laughs> okay, so think about it. That was not yeah. her type, but she was open to receive, and the universe it sent her- the universe sent her her husband. You're going to say, oh. You're not my type. So god I got to send that one back. But take it, another nasty one. It took nerve. me a minute because
3: yeah. because he was so agreeable and popular like with our cast and everything. I I sort of it didn't it wasn't like a I was a, a t- totally attracted to him, but I was also like, mm, that's not that's not the sort of the personality that I've been attracted to in the past. But what I didn't realize that is that Chris is deep and he's intellectual but i chose willfully to ignore that idea because mm. i was i was mm. drawn to you know darker souls because it was tapping into you know okay. a level of so, unhappiness so, that so I listen had. to him
13: so here's right. the, this ray of sunshine that swoops in you know, pretty successful. You know, he's been on TV. He's been in the movies. And totally opposite her type. And she was open to it. She's like, look, he's not really my type, but he makes me laugh. Oh, I'm having a good time with him. He's my friend now. Did It progressed. Give it a fucking chance. You keep going after your type, you're going to be fucking alone. And those nasty nerds are not for you. Switch it the fuck up.
3: Also tall and hunky. Oh. That's true. I forgot about that.
13: Yeah. He is it. super sexy. I mean, he's my type. And I would go for I that. Did and I'm way, I could be his mother right now. So, okay. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is like, stop. The type thing has got to go. You know, I recently changed my type. I used to go for bodybuilders, like really tall, six-foot-two bodybuilders. They were all my boyfriends. If you'd line them up in a row, they all look the same. And now I go for surfer linky types, like because somebody that I have a crush on looks like that. So... The point of the story is I didn't realize that I was going for more of a different type. And he was metro, this guy. And he dresses really green. And he's really interesting. And, you know, that sort of thing. And I think I changed Mm -hmm. my type over the years. You're going to change your type every so often, especially when you hit the wall and they hurt you. You're going to go, eh, not really my type anymore because I need to get a different type.
3: My early 30s, that was uh, such a game changer for me. Like, my whole 20s, Uh I, I... I don't know. I I didn't. I made a lot of like good and bad decisions. But my early thirties, I I feel like it was was a shifter for me. And so, Ashley, I think that I don't know. I, I I would. I totally agree with Patty and sort of expand your type and the idea of what you like. And maybe there shouldn't even we shouldn't even use the word type anymore and
13: Sim's girlfriend is sitting right here and she even said that Sim wasn't normally what you would really go it's for true. Correct? I mean
15: I've always liked tall handsome men don't get me wrong he's but tall handsome <laughs> and dark by the way but I Sexy. usually go for more of like overqualified Wall Street types right. <laughs> not really unqualified Hollywood types. Okay. I have an
0: incredible <laughs> education behind me. I've done really well for myself. Oh, Sim,
15: don't give I me. But, but it's true. But, it's true. <laughs> but I normally dated lawyers and bankers and people in finance and I had a very set idea in my head She's of what a lawyer, I thought that I right. wanted and um, yeah. you know, I went out with Sim just because we, we knew some people in common. He was handsome and I wanted a good dinner. And then it turned <laughs> out to be, it turned out to be fantastic <laughs> to, to your uh, eyes. We
0: went to Baco Mercat downtown. Did she worked, she worked downtown. You love that place?
15: Is that
13: the place where they have the, um, the little macaroons that I love? That place in the front? No, I know that place name.
15: Yeah. Okay. yeah. But it's true. It's- I tried very hard to avoid dating men in Hollywood and now here I am on a celebrity podcast. <laughs> but the truth <laughs> of the matter is you can't put everyone in a box. Okay.
13: It's true. And you need to uh-huh. open up your sexual gates. You might be surprised. Who's your celebrity crush, by the way? My Soviet crush is probably this is going to be so
14: typecast, but like like a comedian, like a John Mulaney type, or he
0: uh, he wrote for type. SNL, he had a TV show for a while. Of course, like, you've got like somebody a, who's nerdy Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not Jewish. But he's handsome as well.
13: Yeah, he's Irish. He's not he's Jewish. He's educated. He's like
14: he's like an adult, but he's just sweet and kind, and like a saying? normal.
0: He's probably in his thirties, mid to late thirties. So is he 40. single?
13: Is he single?
14: He's you- married. Oh he's, no, no, he's oh, he's
13: married. Oh, he's married. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, that, that would be would like, you like a Jimmy of... Fallon type? Like,
14: like a Jed Apatow kind of guy. Like a funny, smart, down-to-earth, kind-hearted well, person. Well, Leslie but Mann weirdly... needs to
13: train you, bitch. I mean, seriously. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, okay. Here's the here's, like, here's theory, okay? A go to, where do you live? You live in New York City? Go to the Lincoln uh, well, Center, go to the Lincoln live, Center Synagogue. On a Saturday morning, you'll throw a rock. There'll be fifty of them. Trust <laughs> me on this one. I live down the street on Seventy Second Columbus. I know where these freaking these freaking men are, and they're all over Temple on Saturday. And then don't forget to join their right. singles group. Okay. Well, I'm actually I'm moving
14: back to San Francisco in like a month. So, okay. Well,
13: I don't know how many but, Jews there are there. It's a lot of Asians, so I don't know. Shabbat shalom though. Yeah. 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 And maybe um, Jeff Abida has like a really great brother or a nephew. Let's put it out there. Let's put it out in the universe because yeah, they're yeah. cranking cash over there.
0: Hey, and Ash- so like oh, you know
13: who's single? Jonah Hill's single. <laughs> And I bet you Anna knows him.
0: Uh, you know what? Sh- Anna does know Jonah.
13: Jonah would be a good one. Jonah's a Westlake boy. He's a nice Jewish boy. Jonah, are you ready to it. set them up? No. Th- uh, yeah. am yeah. <laughs> <laughs> getting are a matchmaker. Yes, like, exactly. What no. shit is happening?
3: <laughs> <laughs> he went from saying go to a synagogue to move to L.A. and
5: let he- you hook
3: <laughs> Her up with Jonah.
13: Jonah's single. I know that for a fact. He said he loved matchmaker, and he was single. I heard it recently. So there you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Ashley, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah. I hope I hope Patty gave you the advice that you needed. And send us an email. Let us know how you're doing. And again, thank you so much.
13: Right. Lincoln Center Synagogue. Cool. Trust me, there are 50 of them there. All right.
0: I know it's late there. Thank you for so Patty. much. Ashley, Good night.
13: Thank you so much for calling. Yeah, bye, bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: So the next clip we're about to play is from our episode with Courtney Love. So, Anna, tell me what was going on through your mind when Courtney Love walked into your house?
5: Oh,
1: my God. I think when Courtney Love walked into my house, I you know that I'm rarely at a loss for words, and I feel like that a little bit right now. Because I'm try- I'm reliving the experience a bit. I-, I felt like, you know, someone that I grew up with. Um, I mean, but from such a distance, I grew up in, you know, in, in a suburban area and north of Seattle during, you know, the grunge years and, and in the early '90s. And so Courtney Love was like always a part of like. A dialogue in some form or another, I guess. Um, and uh, so to have her, like, to have her walk into my house was just, um, I really, I really was speechless. And I think it was one of those um, interviews too, where I felt truly, what, what do I ask her? What do like? I couldn't stop. Um, I I was in such awe. I was I I get starstruck a lot, and I was really I get starstruck with almost with every guest, pretty much.
0: That's a charming quality to have for you, by the way. I'm sorry, continue, but I just wanted to say that when you do get starstruck, and it's completely Dang. evident, it's really charming because you know you you know that that they feel the same way about you, and you handle that so gracefully. So
1: it's really endearing. Oh God, I God, I never think that anyone like that. Or if they are, if they are, I always feel like, oh, maybe they're faking it, but whatever. That's my own insecurities. But, um, no, because there's so many people that I admire and that I've I've seen from afar, and then I get the great, you know, uh, like, these amazing opportunities where I actually get to, like, interact with these people, and sometimes they're disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes they're pretty incredible. And, uh, anyway, so Courtney Love, especially from the music world we don't have a ton of musicians necessarily on our sh- on our show and so I felt like I didn't quite like how, you know I like do I ask her about the process like and, and what I, I felt like with Courtney um, I felt like at times she was incredibly vulnerable in a way that I was so appreciative of. And then at times she was really, um, you know, she had a guard up and rightfully so. I mean, she's, you know, she's been through so much and it made me think a lot about the idea as actors, we get to hide behind while we're exposed a lot, but we get to hide behind characters in our creative world. And as musicians, you don't necessarily get that. And there's a little bit more of... um, It's a a little more solitary, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. I have have no idea. Um, Anyway, so... But it was a complete thrill. I thought she looked fucking gorgeous. Um, I was... Like, one of the highlights of my life was afterwards when she played in my kitchen, um, guitar.
0: Completely unexpected. And, and I just, I couldn't believe that. I mean, a private Courtney Love concert in your kitchen for five of us. It was amazing.
1: It was amazing. And, uh, and, and I loved, you know, she would, she was, she was really frank about a, a lot of things that really surprised me. And I think that it probably was, interesting and helpful. And, and you know, one of the goals that we've talked about about the podcast has been like how we want to have a funny, fun podcast where we, you know, interview celebrities and do ridiculous things. But we also want to be relatable and of potentially of help of some kind, even if it's just somebody being able like, oh, man, I can I can really relate to that. And I think that she um that she was was pretty frank about some of the shit that she went through i mean mm-hmm. although i don't think i've had guys write songs about me although i would like to you're
0: telling me chris has I, never I, written a song about you he's written poetry
1: uh, he's yeah 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 Yes. But come on, like I mean, a song that's on the radio.
0: Oh, that was, you want. You want an actual on, song sis. on the radio? Okay, fine. Come
1: on, yeah. <laughs> sure, I have a movie star husband, but it, has he written me a song that's been on the radio?
0: You're right, Fuck. Chris. Get on that Fuck immediately. Fuck my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's what the kids say, don't they? They, they say "Yeah, yeah
0: that's It's uh, FML. The acronym is FML, I believe. Yeah, um, okay. So Ana, it's almost impossible to listen to every minute of every one of our podcasts, and sometimes our listeners, they may have missed out on a lot of the fun that happens towards the end of the episodes, and things get a little nutty at the end of this Courtney Love episode. So here it is from August 23rd. Here's Courtney Love.
3: Does this crazy signal with his finger where he swirls it around?
9: Then that mean shut up.
3: I guess it means wrap it all up, but I've never been able to really figure it out. Will you do it again, Sim? Oh, uh,
9: wrap
3: it up. Yeah, no, you're so bad at that. <laughs> you, you How should you, I do it? You, you, this, is, you, this is right. No, you can't even waggle your finger correctly. Oh, Sim, I mean, love you so much, I but I too. also it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't if say you didn't, "fuck you." Exactly, right? Oh, I'm sorry, fuck you, fuck you. Yes, <laughs> yes.
10: Fuck I got yes. Courtney Love to say "fuck you" to me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Courtney, will you say it with like a lot of growl and gusto? passion? Some
9: gusto. Yeah. Fuck
3: you. <laughs> Sam. Fuck you. Sim.
9: Sim. Fuck you.
3: But maybe. Sim. No, over. no, no. Let me do it like I'm angry okay. lover.
9: Okay. Sim. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I loved it. This is my second most
0: favorite for right now. Courtney, thank you so much for hanging hey, out. With oh, thanks for having love, me hang love, out with you. Love having
4: you. I had a calzone. I met the baby. I met the parents. Kiwi's here. Osama's here. Hey, Courtney. Yes, darling.
3: Would you do me a big favor? And would you tell me to fuck you, Anna?
5: No, I don't
10: want. Come on, to. you're so vulnerable, please, I'm like little. Please. You're like please. little.
4: I'm
3: stronger than, you're think. Like a little I'm stronger than yeah, you think. I'm stronger than you Yeah, you like to be spun around, yes, and thrown up against
4: that wall, bitch. You know that bitch. <laughs> you, you know that bitch. You little
5: slut. You little whore.
9: You know you like it. You know you like it. You, <laughs> you little fucking whore. Slam, <laughs> uh, slam, slam fuck, fuck, fuck you,
5: fuck, fuck you, fuck you. Ah yes, you want it again yeah. and again and again, you little <laughs> slut. I Fuck you! Yeah, right. ow, oh, oh Oh, oh. Uh, I guess we know who the top is in this uh, relationship. Uh, oh. <gasps> yeah. oh my god, I'm always yeah. the bottom. Uh.
0: Anna, our next guest we're going to discuss is Regina Hall. Tell me why you feel your friendship has been so strong over the years. I
1: met Regina in 1999 when we were auditioning for the first scary movie, which at the time was called Scream, if you know what I did last Halloween. Um, And we were both cast in it and... I think three days later after we got cast, we were up in Vancouver together, and I felt like, oh, my God. I, like, I, I just have no, I, I have no idea what's going on. Like, I'm suddenly in a hotel room. Somebody's picking me up in a van. I'm going to a trailer to get fitted for, um, like like, I truly had no idea of any, anything uh, about the process of, of being, uh, you know, in, in this industry. Um, and Regina was just so kind. Um, she had like a neighboring hotel room to me and, um, she w she was just unbelievable to me. And then as the years went on, we were the only ones that were in all, four, although there are five scary movies, but um, we were in all four together and so our friendship just grew stronger and stronger and we just spent a lot of time together and we would just spend all day on set just giggling about absurd things. We both have a really absurd, raunchy sense of humor and extremely extremely different backgrounds. Um, and you know, we we would laugh a lot about why are these two characters, Cindy Campbell and Brenda, we never, I don't know if we ever really figured out her last name, I can't remember, uh, good friends. And um, because it made no sense. Cindy was this incredibly nerdy, idiotic white girl and Regina was a very like street savvy um not always the nicest gal but for whatever reason they were good friends and it, and it sort of we always sort of felt like it kind of cemented in the weirdest way um the idea of these spoof movies but we we just we just made each other laugh and she um has this wonderful juxtaposition of, of you know she's she's fairly religious although i don't want to like speak too much about like her views about anything but um but also like just not afraid at all to to get raunchy and um and i just i th- i think we've had this enduring i mean she has one of uh, if not the best laugh that I've ever heard. Um, she really does. And, and I, yeah, my, my love for her couldn't, we, we sadly, you know, just because of the way like friendships go, we talk about every six months, but when we do, it's like, we're right back in the groove. And, um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful that I know her and I dream that I get to work with her again.
0: Before I play the clip, remind our listeners, what is Fistgina?
1: Oh, Fistgina was <laughs> the band that we made up when uh, when we got bored on set because there's a lot of downtime, believe it or not, making the scary movies while they're setting up all the ridiculous props and like horrible stuff that we're about to do. So Regina and I uh, meet a band called Fist China. Um and uh we yeah, we sang a lot of ridiculous songs. And I think and we were up in Canada and I, I think that I got I have to imagine that most of that Canadian crew and we just got such such a big kick out of it, they must have been like, these idiotic girls <laughs> what are they doing? Because we would just be in one of each other's trailers, which were little, like, dinky trailers, even though we, you know, whatever. But whatever, I can't complain about trailers (laughs) and stuff. But but just, like, making up, like, the nastiest verses we could possibly imagine um, for our band, Fish China. So you made Um, up a
0: couple of verses in this clip. So from September 20th, here is Regina Hall and Anna Faris and their band, Fisgina.
3: You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Okay. But are you single? And you can just do a head jerk if you don't want to talk about it. I'm seeing someone, yes. I am. Oh, 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 mm. okay. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. all right. I'll explore that later privately, listeners. Yes. <laughs> but let's imagine it gets th- the juice. Yeah. <laughs> the juice, the juice, like the river. <laughs> the lubricated river. <laughs> <laughs> <Of> Regina. <laughs> Regina is a lubricant. Yeah. I How, do is like it?
6: That. How does it <laughs> mean, that sound? Go- that sounds oh, like she- a fish China song.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's off of kind of your yeah. body is a wonderland. Yeah. And Regina yeah. Is, is lubricant. lubricant. Yeah. Uh-huh.
6: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think John Mayer is going to write a song about me? Regina is a
3: lubricant. Regina is a lubricant.
0: Wow. I- I'm going to try something. It's so pretty. Okay, here Gina. I'm going to try something. Sing Regina. Oh, wait. What is it? Regina is a lubricant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Singing. Regina it. I'm- I'm gonna is p- lubricant. I'm going to put a little. <laughs> like I'm going to put that. a little music behind it. Oh, in the edit. Okay. So let's see how okay. it sounds. But how-
3: would you? Do we have a good another good follow up lyric? Regina is
6: a lubricant. Doesn't he
3: just go? Oh, how does it? How does that song go? Your body is a
6: wonderland. wonderland. Is a
0: That's wonderland. all I know.
6: Regina is a lubricant.
0: Something about the way you look tonight. Isn't it like
6: a, a, uh huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's an agreement.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah. So okay. So we'll just
0: agree. Try it. Try it, and then okay. I'm gonna put the music okay. in. Okay. Let's do it.
9: Regina
3: is a lubricant. Uh huh. Gina is a lubricant. uh
6: uh-huh. Wow. It's if great. that doesn't say hit record, I think Fish
3: Gina has done it again.
6: You wrote that one, though. I, I mean,
3: you did that one. Oh, I love it when you give me credit. Well, I am sort of, I'm like, what? I'm like the Paul Simon yeah. behind oh, yeah. Garfunkel Simon. Oh, yeah.
6: yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is historic. I think we've made another classic. That's what we do.
10: Hit uh, Listeners, okay.
6: you got to hear that live. They, oh, yeah. They know what... Well, that's the magic. Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. We're going to sell out. Oh, my goodness. That's nice. Uh, three, uh, three, a three... Three... three <laughs> a three-minute concert. Second song. A three-minute concert. Oh. <laughs> That would, better be that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be
2: incredible. Wait
6: until everybody's in their seats before we start. that we're gonna We don't want people to miss it. Yeah, definitely. We'll that. make
3: them wait for like 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah.
6: Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We got
3: to be the divas. Yeah. And
6: who knows? Maybe you might even come up with one right again on that stage about how many people are there. That's true. It's a lot of people here tonight.
3: There's 53. Yeah.
6: <laughs> That's the song. But Let's wait do it again it's a lot of people here
3: tonight there's 53 yeah
0: <laughs> i love it <laughs> oh,
3: wow. this is when you know you've been surrounded by people who tell you who give you too many compliments <laughs> for a long
6: time <laughs> when you start making you two are when amazingly when you convince yourself creative that you're
3: that you're good that you're amazing
6: <laughs> this is how fast fish should we had like
3: 10. Thinking. I know, but I like it when we do talk about either pussy or, or dicks or something because oh, yeah. that's always fun. Yeah. That's what Fist giant is known for. That's. That's the heart of our material. It's
6: true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's Let's do the one we just did again.
3: What's. Uh, how many people are
6: there? No, are the... out there?
0: Oh,
3: that one. Okay.
6: Are you going to raunch people? it up a little?
3: Yeah. I'm gonna
6: oh, okay. Up. Okay, good. What's the first
3: line? Um, how many people are there out there? Yeah.
6: How many people are here tonight? I think I did that in the sound of Your Body is One. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we know. (laughs) By the way, if
0: you want to try it, I'll put the music underneath.
6: Okay. How many people... Maybe that should be our... Yeah. I think we're going to do that as a run. (laughs) Because that whole song is like 10 of our songs. (laughs) How many people are here tonight? 53. Do they all have
3: penises? I'm not sure. (laughs) I hope they all have penises. (laughs) I, too, oh. I hope they're long and girthy, like me. Oh, that was good. I just wanted to be like, That's I wanted to really one. throw people, you know? I like, like that. Do, does Anna <laughs> have a penis? I don't what? know. That should be like you know a I Twitter.
0: <laughs> I thought you described yourself as long I and girthy. I did, too. I thought, I yeah, thought no. you were describing <laughs> yeah. you and not
3: your penis. Well, right. no, but wouldn't it be fun to have a Twitter hashtag Anna Ferris has a penis? Oh, no. Or it's I, long like, and
6: I like. I way, like. You're, no, you're doing I like it right hysterical. now. I said, oh,
0: no, because it's like, going to happen right
6: now. But don't you think I like. It's funny? I, no, I like I it be better so when it. When <laughs> does Anna Faris have a penis? Oh, okay. That's does long, long and, the and girthy. That's long and girthy. Let's see how many
0: <laughs> hashtags we can get flying out there on Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah.
6: What's the, what's the hashtag? Hashtag, does Anna Faris have a penis?
3: That's long and girthy.
6: That's long and girthy. That's
3: a long hashtag.
6: Okay. Girthy, uh, girthy, girthy. Long and girthy. <laughs> Anna Long and Girthy. <laughs>
0: Hashtag Anna Long and Girthy. That's it. That's it.
6: You know what? And dear listeners, you just have to wait to China find the an answer. Hashtag fish China. <laughs> I'm okay. gonna find out when I go in the attic after this podcast.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Anna, our next guest is Ken Jong. And we were all in the mood to laugh that evening, and he's he's such a special person, isn't he?
1: Ken is unbelievable. I just um I yeah, I think that I almost had a hernia.
0: We were sweating. it was it was amazing. You played Kayla and you were on a date with Ken, and he's playing Chow from the hangover movies. And it was absolutely hysterical. So that's in part one of the episode. If you if you if you didn't get a chance to listen to the episode, but Ken had us dying just rolling.
1: It, 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 he's well, he he also has an incredibly infectious laugh.
0: Yes, but
1: he's and 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 is genuinely hysterical, and also is a fascinatingly brilliant person. I mean, he comes from he's a doctor. You know, he comes from this incredible. Incredibly interesting background. Um, His wife is a doctor. He's got kids. He came into the entertainment industry late in life. Like his story is is just so amazing, and and he is so willing to enjoy it. Enjoy it's it's so it's so wonderful to meet somebody in the industry um, who is like. Like my impression of him it just was was a, was like, isn't this fucking awesome? Yes. And it's so it's so refreshing to get that um, perspective again because it is, and and it's easy when you get bogged down in rejection and the work hours and whatever. Like, you know, working with people that aren't maybe aren't the nicest. Um, That you, you know, you lose sight of like, yeah, this is, this is really, what we do is, is really special. And, and, and we are incredibly fortunate and Ken sort of reminded, he gave me like a, like that childlike giddiness again, because that's what he has. And it's, and it is very, um, it's catchy.
0: Well, listening to the episode again put me in a really really happy mood. And this clip again happened as we were wrapping up the show. For some reason Ken decides to turn into Jay Leno. So from September 27th, here is Ken Jong. <laughs> Ken Jong has hey, no. a TV show. It's called Dr. Dr. Ken. <laughs> it's on Gun. Fridays
3: <laughs> on, on ABC
7: ABC Very simple letters, guys. I don't. I really don't think it could be at eight
0: thirty Friday. M- on Fridays Friday. they could also buy it on iTunes if they wanted. Yes, they can. They yes, can they buy they can. on iTunes, but they can't go anywhere else. Like no Netflix, no Hulu, none of that.
7: Right, right. Just yeah, iTunes, just I believe. You you know. Know. Why I think,
3: to eliminate?
16: I think.
7: Uh,
3: <laughs> what a fucking dick. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm, that's a common question. It's like, hey, can I watch your show on, well, no, on Hulu I, I, or Netflix? I think
7: ABC.com. I think you – ABC.com. ABC.com or mm-hmm. yep. the ABC app. ABC app, correct. Yep. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, where else?
7: Um. Hangover
0: 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> community is available community, probably yeah, on, uh, on Hulu. On Hulu, yeah. Is it? Yeah, actually you sure it, is? it is. Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah you you can watch. Real. You can watch old episodes of Hulu. Yeah. on Community on Hulu, I should say. Have you
7: had for anyone from Community on here yet? No, like we. Joe McHale, or no, no, we haven't. But she
0: did a movie with Joe McHale.
7: Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, I, oh. What's your number? What's your number? Yes, yes, yes. yeah.
0: Chris Pratt. Why'd you all, give him a Pratt was hint? Was also
7: in it. What you Fuck you.
0: <laughs>
3: Let me Ken do I, again. I,
7: okay. All right. All right. <laughs> she. You know what?
0: She knows Joe McHale. Oh she, yeah, they, they that's did right. a movie she, together. They did a movie together. Yeah. Do you remember what was the movie
3: called? Oh,
7: Battleship. Battleship.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Brooklyn close. Decker. Um, um battles,
7: battles, Battle box? Is there any
3: way you could, it's mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. it has a question mark mm-hmm. at the end of the title.
7: Battleship? Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> no, okay. it's not. It's right. more of like a romantic, but less spaceship
7: Anyhow, uh, what's your number?
3: But. Do it up again. What's like. your number?
7: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so good, yes. Yeah,
7: so Is that good. what Leno said when you? <laughs> so yeah, so on. Uh, you know, it's Anna, we have a uh, your next movie coming out. What's your number? <laughs> coming out on uh, in um in August. Yes. Um, great to have you on Earth, everybody. Uh, <laughs> hey, how new movie coming out. What's your number? Yeah. Is that how he <laughs> said it?
5: <laughs> oh my god That yeah, is so oh depressing oh god, But yes man. You're totally right
0: <laughs> Before we go We do I mean we can cut this out We can cut this out One minute interview You as Jay Leno You're interviewing Anna About her new movie It's called What movie do you want To be interviewed about You want to be inter- What's your number we, already, we just said What's your number Oh, Interviewed
7: about the podcast Boom Okay and by the way yeah. Leno I, I love Leno I've been, I'll Yeah use yeah yeah no, Leno's so, amazing Yeah so yes. uh, so, 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 so yeah uh, Anna Oh wait wait so,
0: wait intru- uh, You need to introduce right. her
7: our next guest is, uh, she's, uh, you've seen her in several movies, um, when, in, in several punctuated titles of <laughs> What's Your Number, What's Your Number, and What's Your Number, please welcome Anna first Anna! <laughs> hey. hey! Oh, so, um, looking really good, looking a little, you know, a little sleep, a little tired here, um, so anyway, so, tell me about your movie. Oh, I have, well, uh...
3: That's great. <laughs> well, you know, I-
7: Anyway we'll be right back with a message with we'll be right back with On after this message from Tampax. Yay yeah. hey. And one, two, three <laughs> And we're back Ah on a fair nice uh um so we we laughed and cried about
3: you know, a movie uh, what's the what's the name of the movie going Uh so the movie girl is called uh, jump jump jump. And, it's called Jump uh, Jump Jump. Jump Jump Jump. And uh, great I'm, title. Read, yeah, I, I'm I'm so proud because. And what are you
7: playing in Jump Jump Jump?
3: Well, I I play sort of a, a woman from the streets. Oh, but, jump Jump. Yeah. yeah
7: <laughs> yes, I read the book. Um. I I read the book. I read. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, you know, Kevin. I read. Okay. You know, I read sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. you read. Yeah, you know I read. <laughs> I read. I'm right. It's a right. right. you know, Jump Jump and Jump 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 Jump.
3: Um, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, um, as a, you know, a, as a teacher, I, um, I wanted to. <laughs> it's
7: funny, a teacher. <laughs> Good. <laughs> jump, jump, some teacher. I uh, on, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry go on. Ke- Kevin, let us <laughs> speak. Jeez. <laughs> sorry, just, uh. Sorry, <laughs> uh, she, she looked, uh, I, is it something I said? You, you look a little, uh. <laughs> you look a little, 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 little,
10: little mad. Uh,
7: this is something I did. Uh, just happy on you. You're promoting a movie. Uh, Give me all the time in the world. Okay. Look- yeah,
3: I feel really good right now. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm.
7: anyway. So, anyways,
3: hmm. uh, when uh, I was cast in Jump, 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 um, mm-hmm. I felt like, oh, this is a, like a a role that's going to stretch me. You know.
7: Because of all the jumping, It's like jumping, and I'm stretching, and so I made it. So is that what I made it get get that kind of roll like oh, I'm stressing out. So hey, I'll jump. I'll jump off a pole, and you know, I'll tether myself to some cement block, and then I'll just jump in those.
3: Yeah, yeah.
7: I love it. Sounds sounds.
3: So fr- did you see the movie? Because uh, yeah. I think that my publicist sent you the screener or. Oh. I,
7: you I have not, because I'll tell you why. It's Kevin here. With he'll tell you why, Kevin. 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 Kevin.
10: fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.
8: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS.
7: Kevin? Ken? I wasn't interested. That's why I didn't see it. I, that's the complete lack of interest. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> chum, 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 chum. a lot of stretching, a lot of jumping going on. Anyway, we'll be right after this from Wonder Bread.
0: Next is Katie Couric. So Anna, when I sent you a text saying Katie Couric wants to come on the podcast, what was going through your head?
1: I kind of thought you don't really fuck with me. I didn't fully think that.
0: I had to take a screenshot of the email.
1: I think that I thought that somebody was fucking with you, potentially.
0: That's what I thought originally, too. But then I then I actually did some background, and, and it turned out, no, it was legit. She really wanted to come on the show.
1: And then I quickly became, like, I, I, beyond, like, floored and flat, because that was when... There's been several moments where it felt like, okay, we we've crossed over from this being like, hey, I'm gonna invite uh, like a couple of friends over for some, you know, cocktails and pizza and have make them record their voices, um, to like, oh, this is now becoming something legitimate or at least semi legitimate. So then there's been a few moments of those. When Katie Kirk walked into my house, that was like, holy shit.
0: That's when we looked at each other and we were like, What is going on? What's happening right now? This is real.
1: Yeah. Like, can't I just go back to like giggling dumb blonde? And I probably did. And
0: you did that, and so did Katie. Katie was game for all of that, which is which is which is what I would loved about this episode. You really brought out a playful, fun side of Katie that she's always had, and I'm sure people see that, but but just seeing it in this in this kind of environment where she was completely relaxed and it was fun to
1: watch. And- oh, it was so amazing too. I I loved it that she, um, especially the woman, that she is such an established journalist and so well regarded and respected in her field, and at the same time isn't afraid to let down her guard and and and, and laugh. And it, to me, it felt like, I guess that's kind of in, in the honest way ways like the ultimate confidence, you know, like somebody who can, who can, who doesn't have to always play a role, especially as a woman in, in that industry of, of being completely severe. And, um, and I, and I, I, I just I loved talking with her and um, and you know and and I, I still am hugely flattered and I've been watching her recently on the Today Show and I'm just like oh my god she was on my podcast <laughs> It's pretty mind blowing isn't can't, it I, I can't I can't uh, yeah I can't I can't believe it and uh, anyway so I'm forever ever grateful. For Katie Couric, for um, being open to doing something as ridiculous as our podcast, and and uh, and 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 also just sort of and being the person, the the trailblazing person that she is.
0: And in last week's episode, Anna, you discussed how you wanted to address all types of bullying this year on the podcast. Um, so it turns out Katie Couric has some thoughts as well. From October third, here's Katie Couric.
3: Sim, we've been getting some bullying lately. Really? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk so look at Sim. Yeah. He's like what anyway. Okay. He's totally cutting this out. All right. Um, what
16: what? What?
3: Who's been bullying you? Well, people have been you know, it's like now that we have a podcast, people are sending in their opinions. And I've been trying to tell Sim, like I've been been I don't know, in the public forum, not that I mean I'm not that famous, whatever, but yeah, I get mean things said about me all the time
0: right in the past so in the past 10 months since i've started doing the podcast with anna occasionally i'll get trolled so now i'm starting to think it's a little it's funny and i'll read some
3: of these it's not funny funny it's just mean it's mean i just don't understand no it's just mean it's not funny it's mean
16: honestly i never get used to it I was looking at Facebook because I did I, – I'm here for Stand Up to Cancer, which is yes. an organization that I helped start and with some other women. your video
3: – sorry. Yes. Anyway. Oh, yeah, because I did yes, a video well,
16: sort of how promoted. I got started. Yeah, right. But um, I was going through my Facebook mentions, and I don't go on Facebook as much uh, – that much. I really use Twitter and Instagram a little bit more. But I was looking at Facebook because I had posted this profile of this – darling girl named Abby Shapiro who died of um, osteosarcoma when she was just 16 years old and um, an only child. And I've gotten to know her parents a little bit. And I introduced her to Carly Kloss, and Carly uh, was just amazing. She went to see her at Georgetown Hospital in Washington. She would call her from the VMAs. I mean, she really took an interest in this young woman and made me really appreciate the person Carly Class is. I mean, I thought how wonderful that she did that. I never met Abby. I just connected them. And I got to know her parents after she passed away. But anyway, I posted this sort of tribute to her because I was doing that uh, in the days leading up to stand our event here in Los Angeles. And I read this comment, and some guy said, Katie, I watched your interview with Tom Hanks. Clearly, you're over tanning. Your oh, skin God. looks like a monkey scrotum. Ugh. And I thought, wow, really? First of all, I thought, oh, <clears throat> gosh, maybe I am over tanning. But then I thought, like, what, what, what motivates someone right. to be so nasty? And it's almost like I think when you become a public figure per se, people completely lose sight that you're – a real person and they almost it's um it's this weird kind of objectification or depersonalization mm-hmm. and it's when i read these
3: mean comments it's like a oh, knife in
16: my heart totally
3: but i told sim i was like listen these are people that want your attention and also of course it's gonna jar i mean i had i've had people totally tear apart my looks time and time again and i can't like oh every time you can get a ton of compliments and that are so wonderful and feel so good but then there's that one thing that somebody says that does rip you apart a little bit and you are jarred and you rationalize it within yourself you're like okay this person's messed up whatever um but yeah and i think that that's um it's it's mystifying the idea of somebody being cruel for the sake of attention, I guess,
0: or... There's no preparation. I, I, no one ever prepared me for this at all. And it's not like I get a ton of trolls. I've gotten a few, and we're getting amazing compliments, and people are being... I'm, everyone has been so nice to us. But occasionally, you'll get someone that says something really mean, and no one ever prepared me for that.
16: Yeah. You know? I think what's interesting is to really sort of figure out the motivation. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I usually rationalize it or kind of come to terms with it by saying it's usually the product of people who are really unhappy, Mm -hmm. unhappy with their own lives, unhappy with what they've done or where they are. And it's very easy, I think, when you're in a bad place to lash out at people who seem to be happy or seem to have things that you don't have. You know, I think that's a very weird primal instinct. I don't know if you all have ever felt like jealous or resentful of people, Never. but it's almost, <laughs> but it's almost. I mean, it's almost like this thing that you that just kind of bubbles up in you, and you can't necessarily keep it at bay. Yeah. You know, these because everyone oh, has a Katie, lot of you're different so feelings. Generous. So- no, it's I'm, no, no, no. But but I'm just saying. So it's really hard to, for me to handle, and I've been doing this a long right. time. But you know, when I used to do the Today Show people the internet wasn't around yeah. and so Willard Scott had this really darling secretary named Nancy Fields and she was a secretary back then and and she would open up our mail and I remember somehow I was in this room with them sometimes uh, with with Nancy and her another assistant and I would go and hang out with them and some man wrote, this very insulting note, I and mean, he was an older gentleman, you could tell from his writing, and I think he might even have said his age, but he said, you know, I thought your dress was so unattractive and your hair looks like a ski slope for an adventurous sparrow or something like that. And I thought, oh, that wasn't very nice. And, you know, clearly, Odd that it had an... it was an creatively, in- <laughs> like, insulting. Right. But but funny how I remember this. I yeah. mean, this was probably in the early 90s, mm-hmm. but I thought, well, that was a letter and most of them ended up in the circular file. Mm-hmm. But with the internet, you know, you can't avoid these comments because if you're looking sort of for any kind of feedback, you can't help but. Be- then suddenly you're like, oh, what? <laughs> right? Right? And it's and and so it's very hard yeah. to avoid. And um and I think wow, gosh, other people must be dealing with this too, and I'm not the only one for sure. And I think. You know, I'm sure Anderson Cooper gets his fair share of critical comments and I even think- Lester Holt or people who are mm-hmm. doing the news or whomever, you know. And so I think everybody gets it. Yeah. But but it does sort of remind you of this negative side of human nature that is very disconcerting
3: and disappointing. Right? It's mm-hmm. the anonymous bullying, you know, and yeah, it it it's true. It's like I'm jealous. You're jealous? No. Uh, uh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I think that that's. I think that that's. What it, that's what they're saying. The root is, How or or I'm be? just ignorant and hate. You know, full
16: of hate. Mm-hmm. I interviewed Jonathan Weissman on on our podcast, yeah. and he's a Washington editor for the New York Times. And he tweeted an article about Donald Trump and fascism that was written by a pretty conservative columnist. And the the level of anti-Semitism he received was so shocking, where people. Were, and he retweeted it all because it's just as Leslie uh, Jones did. He wanted people to bear witness yes. to what, what was going on on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought it was really brave of him because I'm not about to retweet like oh, insulting sure. things because I'm so embarrassed. And I think part of the embarrassment is the collective shaming you feel when other people are reading these awful comments. It feels like, of course, it's, yeah. it feels like a schoolyard taunt that everybody's listening to. And they're all kind of looking at you yeah. and, and and embarrassing you and shaming you. But anyway, Jonathan Weisman, I mean, it was just incredible. People were sending him uh, corpses from the Holocaust. Oh they were You're sending kidding. him, you know, a menorahs that said six million in candles. I mean, it was so grotesque and disgusting. And. This is what the internet has wrought. I mean, it's done a lot of really positive things. Mm-hmm. I what say are the great, those? well, I mean, access to information, True. it builds communities, it helps kind of fuel social movements, you know. So, I think it has a lot of positive attributes, but you know, I say the good news about the internet is it it allows everybody to have an opinion and everybody to have a voice. And the bad news about the internet it allows everyone to have and an opinion, opinion and everyone to have a voice, exactly. right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're still all grappling with with sort of what this is doing to our level of discourse and to us as a society and to our our humanity, right?
3: Yeah, completely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, dear <laughs> listeners. Katie Couric. She just is dropped them the in <laughs> <laughs> my
4: dining room. <laughs> is I it weird.
3: hot in here? It's yeah, it's, okay. yeah. Okay. It is hot. Okay. It's hot. Yeah, so I thought it's, I was having a it's hot. Flash. hot. It's, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's hot. No, no. It's hot because my tits are
5: so
0: huge. <laughs> <laughs> Next name I have here for you, Anna, is Allison Janney. What does she mean to you?
1: Allison Janney, I call her Jambone on set. I think Al- Allison has been such a game changer for me in so many ways. I don't even know how quite to put it in words. I was trying to write out her birthday card a few weeks ago and I, I truly didn't know the words to today because I have so many, uh, mostly just love. Lo- I like I Couldn't love this woman more. I mean, today when I was, I had to stay after work and get my hair done. And she stayed after and pretended to be the most obnoxious makeup artist <laughs> ever. And if you could see me right now, I look like a clown, <laughs> um, because she was pretending to be Juju, like this bitter makeup artist. too. <laughs> and I was pretending to be a twenty-three, Ansley, 23 year Ansley, twenty-three-year-old ex Nickelodeon star. Um, yeah, that's the kind of <laughs> fucked up shit. That Allison and I did. So instead of going home, set.
0: instead of going home after work, she decided yes. to hang out and just play with you.
1: Yes, and play with me while I was getting my <laughs> hair done. She did my makeup, and I I seriously have glitter all over my face. <laughs> I look like I've been to a strip club. Juju, her character was very mad at me, um, and <laughs> but we we get we get to do stuff like that, but we also have incredibly intimate, serious conversations. And, you know, I'm just so lucky that on a daily basis, I get to see, um, you know, one of my closest friends and, and, and also I learn from her all the time too, acting wise and, and just who she is, um, as a person. And, um, and I, I you know, I am just forever, ever, 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 ever <laughs> grateful that she's she's in my life and um and I know that no matter what happens with the show, I'm gonna constant I'm gonna I'm going to annoy her for the rest of her life.
0: Aww. And I'm um... grateful. Yeah. Do you remember the game that you that Allison and I played? The game where we competed against each other to see who knows you more.
1: Yeah. Who won?
0: Um, the... I don't. I think it was. A, I think it was a tie. I don't remember. Um, that that doesn't really matter. I don't matter. think it was. I think the the more important takeaway from that game was that things got a little heated and a little controversial, especially about the question: what professions you would not date?
1: Yeah, I can't believe that she. I think that she. And me? What happened
0: to your memory, Anna? And me?
1: Yeah, well, you I expect, because you never listen to anything anyway. (laughs)
0: All right. Judge for yourself. From November 1st, here's Allison Janney.
3: Do we want to do this part or this part? That part? That means that you have to take over because I don't really know.
0: Well, I don't know what it is. It's, oh. you, and,
3: you and Cassie oh, did this. Oh, I'm doing this? <laughs> I feel a little bit embarrassed about this because this is a game called Who Knows Anna Better? I always make the podcast about me <laughs> because Cause
9: it's your cause I'm a podcast and you can do whatever yeah. you want. Exactly.
3: Well, but anyway, all right. We're just we're just gonna. You're being you're being this. very
0: humble. Is what you're being.
3: I'm attempting to be. It's my <laughs> faux humbleness. Gotcha. Does it sound convincing? <laughs> it, do, it does. What's going on? What's happening?
0: Do it. I think we're gonna have. Can we have Cassie explain the rules?
3: Yes. Okay. Um, Anna's gonna ask a series of questions. Okay. About herself. Okay. And you guys are gonna write down what you think the answer is okay. and hold it up and then Anna's gonna say what her answer is.
9: Okay. All right. Gotcha. Copy that. Okay. Copy, copy, yeah. copy. 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 Copy.
3: If Anna wasn't an actor, what would she be? Number one. Okay. Number two.
0: Wait, wait, hold on. Hang on. We have to write the
3: answers down. Uh what is Anna's favorite curse word? Okay. Hang on. Uh what was Anna's first car? Okay. Who was Anna's first kiss?
9: Oh god, what's the hell's
3: that guy's name? Okay. Uh, what is the one occupation Anna would never date? Kay. Last one. What is Anna's onset tool to get people to pay attention? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I feel a lot of confidence coming from Allison over oh, here. Oh, you
9: have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sim, what are you writing up?
0: Um, I'm trying to think of. Okay, which one was it? I'm so fucked.
9: Um, I don't think you have anything to worry about.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. We're, we're okay.
9: I'm ready. Okay.
3: Okay, Allison. If Anna was an actor, what would she be?
9: Porn star.
0: <laughs> I put drama teacher in a small town, like local theater.
3: I, you're both sort of right and wrong at the same time. I was going to go with camp counselor, but so, I, but I do want to be like the pervy kind. So, and which also I could be the, the theater director at a camp. So I give, I give you know one, Marshall, point, one point one point each, one point, one point each. Okay. you know the kind that sort of wants to sleep with the campers mm-hmm. I might not but you know you never know uh, okay
0: well, you should read you should tell us your answer before we go so we'll reveal it after after you read the question you will you tell us what the answer is your answer
3: no All you right. just know you're gonna lose so fuck you <laughs> my game my rules oh so it's your game you didn't even yes. know what this game was until Cassie presented it, it, well to now, five I ago. now I know now I know fuck off <laughs> What is Anna's favorite mm. curse word? At the one, two, three. Fuck cunt. Fuck you, Sim. <laughs> <laughs> one point each. I love them both. I like owning cunt. I don't want some other people to own that word. So I'm just going to own it. And I do also love, of, as my listeners know, to say fuck you,
9: Sim. So one point each. You're being very generous to me. Thank you. I just she decided is being to, generous yeah. to
3: What <laughs> was Anna's first car? One two three.
9: 2, 3 Dodge Dart Dodge Dart Wasn't that your first car? <laughs> no It's the, the first Literally the first car I thought of And I was like since <laughs> I don't really know I think it was, I, a, ma- was I knew it was a big car It was a big car I gotta was give this a Are you serious It was serious? a Monte Carlo? Carlo Was it a Monte Carlo? I me yeah. it was It was, was a big car Tell Did me get, it was a maroon Monte car. Carlo It was Are you serious? Yes <gasps> seriously yes Allison, I, feel I feel like, like I, knew to- yes. I, I knew this yes i knew this but see i'm not good I
3: at accessing the
15: same. Uh, uh, it's because yeah.
3: you check you totally zone listen i would too if i were you i would like once i start talking you do you remember like, what my first car was dodge dart
9: a sciroco <laughs> what's that it's a Volkswagen <laughs> I I know sure that cool. I've we've played that game before. After you know. know, and you ask everyone, so I know that I, know, I also that, told you this, but you don't remember that. No,
3: because sure. that's the thing about the go around is that nobody actually pays attention nobody. to anybody else's I mean, answer. You, you just, just wait just,
9: to yeah. I you want to say to your me. answer. And, yeah. I think all.
0: you mentioned Monte Carlo um at, and on podcast one, so I remember that. Yeah, I love
9: that.
3: Um, okay, uh, who was on his first kiss?
9: One, two, three. Brent Alice Coddy. and Jenny. <laughs> say it again. Alice and Jenny.
0: <laughs> Alice and Janie.
9: <laughs> have you two ever kissed? I could oh, Yes. Have we ever kissed?
0: That's ever our thing. Us?
9: What What the hell? What's that guy's name? What's his name?
3: Well, there, there was Brent, who was my first boyfriend. So oh. technically, you're both wrong. But yeah. who was the guy? Brandon Bro- would, was uh, my, my, my first kiss yeah. anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, Listen, guys. So, do I uh, get like partial credit? For I that? think you both do because, I mean, technically, Allison was my first female uh, kiss. No, well, no, but the first person who's played my mom that I've made out with. Oh, that makes sense. Um, okay, gotcha. and uh, and right. Brent is somebody that I just talk about. So, we
9: a both lot. deserve credit for
0: that. Then,
3: uh, yes, okay. yes.
9: Sim, I can hear your subtext there. Totally. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh,
3: what was the one occupation Anna
9: would never date? Musician. Musician, right? Yeah. What? Musician magician, a magician or a musician. No same thing. No,
3: first of all, let me clarify this. Oh, I don't think about... it's a great idea to date That's, a musician. Sounds better but than I it like is. them.
9: But a magician is one. Magician. What the fuck? Maybe is all this one? time I thought you were saying mu- musician. I thought they were both in the same category. Musician. No. I thought, I thought they, you, you no, hated
0: complete. both equally.
3: No. First of all, I don't Sam. hate any of them. I just think it's a bad idea.
9: But you're creeped out by both.
3: No, I'm not creeped. God damn it. Okay, what the but fuck episode so is this? So magician
9: is you would never date because why?
3: I Whoa. It bothers the idea of somebody uh, like getting off on tricking me really fucks with okay. my head. Okay. And musicians, I, I love and I worship them too much. Come on, guys. Get That's this not fucking shit together. <laughs> this is so- where the fuck have you been? I wish oh, we could go really? back to the
0: recordings and then start playing uh, your old. Oh,
3: fine. <laughs> my stance has not changed. It
0: really It hasn't? Yes. Like, we have re- you, you are recorded, it's out there. People can, you know, oh, fact check. Oh my God.
3: I don't know if I've ever said <laughs> fuck you, Sim, with like more vengeance right now.
9: I mean, you know what? I'm never going to. These things are cemented in my mind now. You play yeah. this game with and me. And you I, are
3: not
13: you know, off the hook either. I know I'm not.
9: I know I'm not. <laughs> Who's winning, by the way? I know I've got the last you one. You both know. <laughs> I know that I have this next one. And you don't, Sim. You're going down on this one, on this number what six. What is
3: Anna's onset tool to get people to pay
9: attention? One, two, three. Opening A gavel. No. I wish. Clearly, that would have been helpful. I, I got to give that to Sim, Some... too. That's very good. Wait, what was your
3: answer for the first one?
9: Porn star, but that's a good one too. It is a good one, but it's not. You no, know.
3: but but also though, because you, you've heard me do my porn, uh, and that was like part of the genesis. Maybe for old times' sake, we should do a little, a po- couple of porn noises, please and please, come on, please, come it's on. It's up to
9: Allison. I'm. I mean, do you want to be the dude? So- you oh, be the god, dude Oh god no I'm getting uncomfortable <laughs> I feel a little I'll I'm, do all the work
3: You just be the dude I, I'm, I All you have to know. do Is do uh, what Bradley did on, on just the release At the end Ready? Okay
9: but you know you, How long Okay I'll do the release I'll at the just end. do a, I'll just
3: okay. do a few moments Of squealing And then you do the release Are you going
9: to point to me Or am I going to just Know okay. You'll just know Okay
3: you, You'll know Ready?
9: Anna Faris porn star scene Action Take one Action
3: ha, 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 oh, hi, ee,
9: sure. I'm hi, like, mommy. Oh, hi, mom and dad. That was good Release, just me, but you, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, you brand. know what
3: though? You made me feel good. Like you really enjoyed my company. I
9: did. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You are really good. And I tried to do Brad's space.
0: All right, Anna, it's that time again. It's time to wrap it up.
1: Sam, you are an uncle.
0: I'm an uncle. It's amazing. It really is such a cool feeling. And I can't... I'm actually... Amy and I are leaving for the hospital right now. I can't wait to meet oh, my new nephew. Oh, great.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, Amy, I love you. You um, are going to be an amazing auntie.
0: Amy's also an aunt because... Her sister just had a kid three days ago, had a baby three days ago, named, you want, do you want to tell Anna the name of, of
15: your sister, your new niece? Oh my God, Anna. They named her Kayla. They named her Kayla.
1: <laughs> oh boy. We may have to change things up on the show.
15: I know, and everyone was, like, my mom was, like, ooing and aahing about, oh, what a beautiful name, and I'm, like, standing there in the, like, you know, my sister's, like, on the hospital bed with this brand-new baby, and it's, like, this magical, amazing moment, and all I'm thinking about is your Kayla. Oh, God. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. no. no. But oh, you know no. what?
1: Not all Kayla's are the same.
0: That's true. Not um, all Kayla's are the same, but before we wrap it up on a, um, we didn't include some of our most recent episodes because they're probably still fresh. But listeners, dear listeners, if you haven't, please check out episodes like our live Seth Rogen episode, and the one with Chris Hardwick, and Isla Fisher, and Milo Ventimiglia, and a recent one with Jeremy Renner. I just love them all. But we are going to end with our good friend Josh Ostrander, aka Mondo Cosmo. He's had a breakout breakout year, and he played us out of our Seth Rogan Entertainment Weekly Pop Fest episode, and he is actually backed by the world-famous USC Trojan Marching Band, um, just an amazing moment for all of us. And before we go on, talk about the live experience. Talk about Josh and Mondo Cosmo, and and um, and before we play his song, just just tell me how you how you felt about performing live. This is our second time doing it. We did one with uh, Whitney Cummings, which is also another fun episode. So please check that out as well. But talk about uh, the the one with Entertainment Weekly and and uh, and Seth Rogen.
1: Well, I think you know part of this whole. Yeah, I'm so glad you're doing this. Him because it's made me reflect a little bit on what the podcast is, has given to me, um, and sort of what our initial goals with the podcast were. Um, and my initial goal was to sort of have like a fun hobby and and getting you know I wanted to talk to strangers, but it's become something that um, that I feel incredibly passionate about. That I feel uh, I feel really close. To our our listeners, I feel really close to our callers. Um, I, I really, uh, I well, I wanted to have something like funny and entertaining, like we talked about earlier. I I, I really also more importantly, I want to have something, a place where people feel heard and and you know and we can attempt to 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 give them. What we think is maybe good advice, maybe it's not. But hopefully, we always qualify that as being unqualified. But um, but so I've had many of many moments over the last year of feeling like thrilled and and about sort of what what we're doing and and the people that we get to talk to and the listeners and callers that we get experiences with. And how much it means to me that people are willing to share their problems. Um, but for for sure, one of the out-of-body experiences was the USC marching band coming into our opening song. And having Josh of um, Mondo Cosmo, who is Mondo Cosmo, uh, have our back at every turn of the way from the very beginning... Has meant the world, and uh, I'm so proud of the success. And and I'm I'm, I'm so I'm I, I just I you know I'm I'm really excited about what 2017 brings. But I also sim can't thank you enough. I can't thank Amy enough. I can't thank Josh enough, and Emma and Cassie and Mike and everybody else you know who's been listening and supporting us and um, so here's to a great 2017 and I uh, I can't wait to hear from, from more and we've got some great stuff planned. Okay so wait here's the USC marching band <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> playing us out Mondo Cosmo backed by the USC marching band playing a song called Plastic Soul. Good night dear listeners
5: yeah. Good night until I see you fighting in the war back in 1942. Every time I shape shift in the form, I'm standing there right next to you. I keep searching all these dying stars Just to get a glimpse of you And all I have to do to drift away Is close my eyes and think of you Whenever I think of her 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 her Didn't you feel my hand against your heart when I told you you were always mine? The best days of all my lives were spent dreaming of The best days of all my lives were spent dreaming of The best days of all my lives we spent dreaming on the, the afterlife Whenever I think of her 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 her